You know, I had uh, three beers watching Six Underground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds right. That's a that's good. Uh, you know, it's a good uh, uh, cure to the ailment. By the time I, by the time I cracked the third one, I was like, "This is a poor decision. This is a weak night. I don't usually do this, but <laughs> is this I, making me feel sad? Oh my God, this movie is I... interminable. <laughs> like, <laughs> am I stuck in this forever?" <laughs> I, yeah, is this like some story? Am I in like a a SART play or something? Is this my no exit? No exit. Six underground. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Michael Bay is no exit. Existentially, you're watching. It's like, oh boy, this is just a lot. A lot to deal with. A lot to deal yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. Painful. it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get into it. Hello, and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. Uh, I'm Patrick, and uh, Patrick Remyon, and um, the flamingos just, I got a bunch of flamingos in the mail, Don. Where do I need to put them? I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't even remember. I don't even remember. I don't even remember. I got like 10 flamingos, Don. Ten flamingos. I don't know. Welcome to the academy. Oh so my many God. flamingos. <laughs> and welcome to part three of three, the finale of the vulgar auteur, the further adventures of Michael Bay. We are catching you up, up to date, up to speed. Where mm-hmm. our master of the Bayham, Michael Bay. Yeah, Amer- America's today. number one cinematic stinker. Uh, some would say. Some would, yeah, some, would, say. some would say he's a stinker in some regards sometimes. His two most recent movies today, 2019 Six Underground, 2022's Ambulance. Six Underground is, of course, exclusive to Netflix. Ooh, ooh, baby. That has ooh, that Netflix gene, or lack thereof. Yes, it and it is um it is without a doubt a Netflix movie. The Netflix sheen. Is it too long? You better believe it. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, can you not remember the name of any character after watching it? You're darn tootin'. And the questions of if it's real. Was it real ever? <laughs> yeah. Did I just like enter a fugue state for like two and a half hours? <laughs> yes, indeed. And we follow that up with 2022's, one of our most recent films here on the Academy Academy, mm. Ambulance, which uh, has moved around a bit on the streaming services, even in the like last two weeks since we were promoting this episode. Uh, I found it on Peacock. It's back on Peacock. Um, Ooh, that's where I watched it, too. Can be rented, though, and is on disc. Six Underground, of course. Netflix exclusive. Not on disc. Probably never going to be on disc. Yeah, uh, that's a movie lost, that might, uh, you know, lost like, uh, to the ether of Netflix. Do you, do you think people will sing songs when Netflix inevitably crumbles, you know, 100, 200 years from now and all those movies are lost? Do you think people will sing songs much like when the Library of Alexandria 
was burned down in 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 Egypt in olden days. More than likely, I, I assume so. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. You, what did what did you say? Like a Netflix movie is like cut down in the woods. Was it ever a movie? Like, yeah, it is a hundred percent. Like it's a hundred percent. It is one of those things. Like it's like if a Netflix, yeah, if a Netflix movie isn't advertised by Netflix, does it make a sound? Like yeah. And what happens a year after a Netflix movie comes out? Is it ever seen again? Mm. Did it exist ever? Yeah, like is is Netflix a, a place where people go to see a uh, new IP, or is it a place where people go to watch like old, uh, can long canceled USA Network programs? That seems to be the thing. Like I, hear, I, I so um, Mike Flanagan, who I'm a fan of, I think you are too. Oh yeah, um, love him. You know he's made those um, miniseries. He's got mm-hmm. his final one coming up. Uh, on Netflix, and he actually just signed a deal with Amazon. He's left Netflix, mm. so this this next one will be his final one. But he's kind of come out and said that he's um, deeply upset that oh, they won't. No. He begs them to release, in particular, Midnight Mass on disc because he's like, "Where is it? What's going to happen to it?" Like, this is like I worked really hard. This is very personal to me. What is going to happen? like to this movie the show yeah. like and the um the other two previous hauntings had like a licensing deal with i think paramount so they got disc releases but his other netflix stuff which he's made a lot of netflix stuff hasn't and he apparently like begged and begged and begged until his last day at netflix for them to do it and they said no 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 he wrote a blog basically saying i found them on this bootleg site d- d- bootleg dvd site this bootleg dvd site this bootleg dvd site Go buy them. Good. Yeah. It sucks. That's like it's fu- that's frustrating. Like I don't like that. Um, like they there should a hundred percent be like a physical because like yeah. that that's like legit art. It, it kind of reminds me like you know uh, people, work, we, people work. We're joking, but these Netflix things, Netflix is treating them like this, not the artists behind them. Yeah, exactly. And like I was being a little tongue in cheek about the Library of Alice, but like truly, like you know, I love like the Patrick Bryce movie, the Creep movies. Mm-hmm. Those are great. I I don't know. They I'd like to think that they have a physical release, but I could see, but, could I mean, very well see a, the world where they don't have one. We're recording through Zoom, and Patrick can see my DVD shelves behind me in oh, my yeah. office here, and I can look. At, I can tell you, I've got a Coen Brothers section. Where's the Ballad of Buster Scruggs? Hmm. I'd like to see that on the shelf. Yeah, telling the Bombax section. I want that Meyerowitz stories, baby. I want that sweet Meyerowitz document commentary. I want Naturally. It. Got a David Fincher section. Where the shit is Mank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hashtag where's Mank. Hashtag where the hell's Mank. Where the hell's Mank. Where the hell is we, Mank. We got to save our boy Mank. Somebody get Mank into my office. Um, <laughs> get Mank into the office. But yeah. And so... Like, I there was a part of me when I looked up Six Underground, I was like, is it still on Netflix? Has it just disappeared since 2019? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's probably happened to a couple movies, too. But it's, it like... is interesting because getting into this week's episode where I was talked to some friends about what we've been doing with the forthcoming episodes. Everyone remembers Ambulance. Mm. No one even remember Like, Six Underground? What the heck? What is Six Underground? I've gotten that did... from people. Yeah, I didn't even know it existed until we started doing yeah. this uh, podcast. Like, it's like a thing that totally like came and went in my brain. 
and Michael Bay is not like I mean like he's obviously like he's different from like the Coen brothers or David Fincher or Noah Baumbach he culturally different yeah even like but like so Zack he is, Snyder but he's at that same level as them. oh totally like yeah. he, like he is like a brand name he is a known filmmaker he might not like you know cross over into the you know critically acclaimed circles or whatever but he is a known filmmaker and this is like a disappeared movie like it is crazy even more so than 13 hours in its own way yeah it is kind of wild that a filmmaker as um who has you know has the auteur status vulgar or otherwise like i think there are people that are definitely like in his um are in his uh, corner or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people that support Michael Bay, and I think, like, love him or hate him, like, uh, when he releases a movie in theaters, like, people know about it. Like, it's a uh, yeah. it, it's a bit of an event, and it is, like, kind of shocking. I feel like he's, like, the biggest, because I don't think... Yeah, it's kind of damning that uh, his movie was released with such little fanfare. Yeah. They just... I, I, I don't think, like... Because they don't see it as any different from a cupcake off or. Yeah. Uh, know, don't uh, touch the lava or whatever. The one yeah. where like the game is like, we're, we're, and, we're, we're trying not to touch the floor. Incredibly. And throwing shit at the wall to see, you know, what people watch that week. And then mm-hmm. like, I'm sure they're like shattered when it's like, yeah, it's like a suits, you know, that USA show you've kind of referred to, which is the yeah. hottest show. I think on Netflix. Well, it's that's a and little it's bit like di- just a total rando thing. Like, well, you know? and it's and it's popular in spite of it's like it's the type of thing that Netflix like purposefully went was made to like dissipate or whatever. Like, it yeah. suits like goes totally against like the Netflix it, e- yeah. initial Netflix ethos almost. It's like a the most like basic basic cable show. Hmm. And yeah. that's like the thing that everyone's trying to make right now. Like apparently, like all the or at least like pre pan pre strike or whatever. That was like I remember reading so many articles that were like, "Oh, we're trying to make the next Big Bang Theory. We're trying to make yeah. the next uh, because what, like that's like, it's like a lost Net- art." The Netflix show, The Lincoln Lawyer, which is a huge smash for them. My mom watches, and that's what they're after. Yeah. And did you know the Lincoln Lawyer himself is one of the six underground team? Oh, who, who who on the six is it? Uh, Dave Franco is it? No, it's uh... not the Hitman. The Hitman character. Wow, good for him, Mr. Yeah, Lincoln himself, him. Mr. Yeah. Lincoln, Mr. Lawyer. Um, so where was Michael Bay in 2019? Well, <laughs> he puts out 13 Hours: The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi in 2016, mm-hmm. which is a um, as we mentioned, it's kind of a surprising box office failure. Yeah, bit of a dud. Bit of a dud. And even despite actually getting some of the best reviews of Michael Bay's career, like a uh, <laughs> bit of a dud. He's um so he goes back mm. in twenty seventeen. Do you guessed it? Another Transformers movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Like what is this the this is the, this is the last night in which I think they I think this one you're telling me they go back in time or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they meet or... King Arthur, I think. I didn't yeah. I didn't watch it, but I know enough about the 
feel like I've read the Wikipedia page and there's like an actor that is like his character is King Arthur. So like, which is insane. It's very, um, Mark Wahlberg was back in it as the wonderfully named Kate Yeager. God. Like Kate Yeager, that kind of rules. Yeah, that, it's a good name. Kate Yeager, yeah. it's a good action guy name. That uh, is like um the name of like if they're you know like um like you know how like in Street Fighter games like like every person like represents their nationality or whatever yeah. like that's such a good like this is the guy representing America. This is this is the guy former from Marine Kate Yeager, Texas USA. <laughs> yeah, te- from Texas USA. <laughs> Um, I have to save my cowboy hat. The interesting thing about this one is that um, this Transformers movie costs something like $260 million. People need to. God damn. They need to slow down on these things. Like, this is what's. This is like. You know how many good movies you can make for $260 million? Yeah. Oh, God, dude. I'll tell you what. $30 million million a pop. Hmm. Like that, which is a mid, 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 used to be the mid budget movie, $30 million a pop. Yeah. Like Ambulance, that wasn't like a huge. No, we'll get to it, but Ambulance cost $40 million. And Ambulance looks great. Incredible. Like, Like, yeah, it looks so good. It looks like a, it looks like it cost more money. (laughs) Shot on location, real cars blowing up. You got movie stars in it. What more do you need? You don't need any more than that. Any, oh, but uh, the, this Transformers last night made $600 million at the box office, which to, you know, folks like Patrick and I, $600 million sounds like I am made for the rest of my life Ooh, if I had $600 million. That's 100% Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck money. Like, yes, you can swim I'm in that. Swimming yeah, swimming in that money. Yeah. Um, but for the Transformers team, that was not enough. Uh... Lost over 100 million on it, and okay, deemed, we can't... A, deemed a commercial failure. This is that, not how you ma- make movies. That, that math is not does not make sense to the folks at the Academy Academy. Yeah, I think that supports your point even more because, like, if you made like you know 10, 40 million dollar movies as opposed to putting your like all your eggs in like a, a 600 but... or 700 million dollar basket, apparently. But apparently that's like, so that's the gamble because the simultaneous gamble that like this past summer, apparently Oppenheimer had to make like something like 350 to 400 million mm-hmm. to break even budget, marketing, et cetera, et cetera. It did. It made 900 million. It could get to a billion. Wow. At the end of its run, which is a massive success like a whole like an absolute grand slam success especially for a movie like that difference is though oppenheimer feels special the fifth transformers movie in which they go do battle with king arthur sounds insane stupid i hope hope they're fighting king arthur i hope they kill king arthur i know i we're gonna watch king arthur in a couple weeks and maybe we'll get some answers from antoine fuqua's king maybe (laughs) i'd love if there was an easter egg like you're watching the movie and it's like wait what's that like cadillac cube is that like yeah there's a cadillac (laughs) (laughs) why is is sir galahad driving a ford focus yeah Lancelot looks great in his Dodge Charger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait a minute. I know that Dodge Charger. Bumblebee. Yeah. This goddamn Bumblebee. <laughs> like... 
like one of them is like talking in like an offensive hip hop voice. <laughs> like oh, jazz. It's jazz. Oh, jazz is here. Uh, RIP. RIP to everyone. Um, yep. So again, like we're at this stage of the game. He tries 13 hours. He tries to like rally the conservative, troop loving red state mm-hmm. moviegoers. They didn't come out. Transformers doesn't work. What is he to do next? Ooh. I think you know the answer. It's take Netflix money. Yes. <laughs> Get, be guaranteed a, uh, guaranteed a good a meal ticket. Healthy budget and a good <laughs> and to maintain all the bull mastiff dogs that he wants <laughs> at his Miami estate. <laughs> yeah. Bull mastiff insurance doesn't pay for itself, you know. Uh, and he's still kind of like I mean, obviously, like he's still a name. He's still a huge name. Like, like nobody does blockbuster, scream in your face movies like Michael Bay. Like nobody busts stuff up like he does. So, no. March seventh, twenty eighteen, he's going to direct two new features. One of them being an action filler, thriller film entitled Six Underground. Ooh. The um. Screenwriters, Paul Wernick, Rhett Reese, who have previously worked in the, you guessed it, Deadpool film series. Uh, You guessed it, folks. I kind of, there's, look, those two guys, they're nice people, I imagine. They're they're very successful. They're they're successful. There's a a part of me that wants to. um, They're a zombie land. That's what I was going to say. There's a a part of me. Nice film. Nice I want to I want to go back in time and like stop that movie from getting made, maybe just because of the, the the psychic damage of their later work. And I and look, I'm wrong. I'm in the wrong. I'm being a I'm being a I'm being a grump. They're nice people, but like, I'm sure they are. They 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 write. They seem to write films that do not um match up to the tastes of Patrick and I. No, I. They match up to the tastes of a lot of other people. Don't match up to my taste, though. Oh man, oh man. Uh, but like, I mean, like I'll taking a look at things. I mean, we have the Deadpool films, but they also did Ghosted, this new one with Chris Evans and Ana de Armas. Which oh yeah, that movie that came and went. That was also yeah, a six underground desk. Six underground desk like, movie, right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, another movie. It's like the Gray Man and all these films that you know have these insane or that like they did, insane. Uh, they did Spiderhead, the Joseph George Saunders adaptation that Joseph Kaczynski directed. That again, uh, was came it and real? went. Like who knows? It's I a think... shocker that they did not write the Extraction films with Cribs Hemsworth. Yeah, well, the extraction two is pretty cool. Like, uh, yeah, but um, you know what? I'll say this about Paul Warnick and Ray Reese. You figured mm-hmm. it out. You found your niche. Good oh on no, you. God bless him, man. That's like I heard this story from um Larry Karaszewski, the great Larry Karaszewski, mm-hmm. who said that him and Scott Alexander, when they wrote Ed Wood, after they did Problem Child and made a ton of money, but they were notorious as the guys who wrote Problem Child. <laughs> They wrote Ed Wood, and then they started to pitch out their People versus Larry Flint script. And their agent was like, do you want to get pigeonholed as the weird biopic guys? And they were like, yes. This Please. is like a good place. To, like, we have real fun with this. We can stretch. We can do good things in this. No one is doing it. We're fulfilling a market hole while also fulfilling ourselves creatively. 
and they have worked and been successful non-stop ever literally since. the perfect scenario that's yes. literally like where it's like both like you're you maintain financial solvency and, and you're we're also not embarrassed at all by yes. our output like god bless them yes it's a self-awareness that is lacking for most people in this business so mm-hmm. seems like wernick and race are doing the same thing good for them Yes, they're, good for them. They're, they're deeply successful. They've got a much bigger house than Patrick or I do. Oh yeah, our, no, their homes could fit inside of their homes. Probably. Look, any <laughs> rock, any rocks I throw at them will just bounce off of their gate. So they're yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're have. they're fine. And they seem yeah. to have. They seem to be. And another thing that's great: good screenwriters, good directors do. They attach themselves to a star, who they can. They have got that star's voice down. Hmm. Which they yeah. seem to have done with um, Ryan Reynolds. Oof, yeah. Oh, you know what? They wrote um, Life they... with Ryan Reynolds too. Yeah, which I like. You know I like that movie. That was I didn't okay. see it. I um, I want to. Yeah, I, that's I want actually... to. I, I I would watch it. Yeah, yeah. I would say that's like my favorite movie of theirs. Because I'm not even like I'm I'm against the grain where I wasn't the biggest Zombieland uh, fan, but like Life, I think is a good. I it's think a that fun they time. um they found a voice in kind of the. You know, Patrick and I kind of like self-referential banter. Yeah, the Deadpool voice, which Zombieland has a bit of too. Oh yeah, like a lot. Like a lot of the. Can you believe this is happening? Yeah. Now these are the rules of surviving in zombie world. Yeah, it's like a here. What ambulance doesn't do? Yeah, which is I think we like we like ambulance is that it basically is telling you it's a movie and you shouldn't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't this like a joke? What's going on? I don't like that. I like being thrown into a world and believing it. Yeah. And being lost in it for that, you know, two hour time frame. Like, mm-hmm. and- I like, uh, have faith in me. Like, I'll figure it out. I know. You to- I know. Yeah. You don't have to like spoon feed me or like, like try and get on my side by telling me, Hey, don't worry about it. We're not taking it seriously either. Mm-hmm. Like, oh god yeah you know what i mean like it's I, like yeah it's yeah it, it's it, it's just like it's just not for me and i think that yeah. style like does make people feel like they're bringing in but it's like i want to like get lost in it and be taken seriously as a viewer that mm-hmm. i like like stories and like just want to follow the damn story and follow the characters that kind of thing oh exactly like and it's like that style works for like um it takes me out of the movie yeah. And well, and it's, it, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, I'm fine with, like, because it feels like it's, like, almost like a Bugs Bunny thing. Like, yeah. Like, they're trying to do that, like, yeah, ain't I a stinker? And, like, that works in for, like, a short animated film. But it doesn't, like, I don't think, it, like, I feel like just uh, if you want to have a character that, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't, like, I Here's, think it doesn't you know work how, in the longer context. You know context. how it works is, too, if you're being like truly satirical and truly anarchic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like if you watch a movie like Joe Nante's Gremlins 2, the new batch, which Ooh, does a that... lot of this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. But Joe is such a stinker and he's yes. like a true blue stinker and that it like takes it over the top and it becomes this critique of the system he's working within. Mm-hmm. Whereas like these guys don't want to critique the system. They want to critique movies. And Joe always has like a respect and love for movies. 
as like a form. These guys like seem to like actively like again we kind of talked about Michael Bay like this contempt for the form for which has brought him love and success. <laughs> contempt for humanity. Yeah, very much a contemptuous, a misan a misanthropic perspective, like a borderline misanthropic perspective. I, yeah, it's like which I don't like. Yeah, <laughs> I it's just a little say, crazy. It, it, it it's not like a good time. Like, no. like the like I think like we'll talk about it next week. Like, Fight Club has got all sorts of. We'll talk about the themes. We'll talk about the reactions. We'll talk about kind of the ways you can take <laughs> Fight Club. Right. But one thing you cannot say about Fight Club is that. Everyone in Fight Club is having a great time making Fight Club. Yeah. Like, like it's like there's a real joy in putting this thing together. Like between David Fincher and Brad Pitt and Edward Norton, like they're like having the time of their lives. Yeah, they're not constantly shitting on what on they're the creating form and the medium. Like they are like trying to make something that at that moment in 1999 they fully believed in. Yeah. Like, and were enthusiastic about and from what i understand all three of them remain quite enthusiastic about like mm. so for those of us on the outside who'd be liking to work in making films or performing in films mm -hmm. it kind of hurts to see successful people be so contemptuous of what they do yeah it's like you should enjoy what you're doing like it's like and it's like because it's like it's a privilege it's like a huge privilege yeah and like with the lead actor in this film it seems like acting and performing is just kind of like part of his business portfolio god yeah when between like shilling for mint mobile or whatever he and runs his, and... his his gin is in six underground they drink it Ugh. Ugh. And, oh and we can get to the product placement in both in all of Michael Bay's films, but the second Reynolds is like flying his biplane with a Red Bull helmet on, and it's never explained why he's wearing a Red Bull. He's just wearing a Red Bull helmet. It's like if that scene in Wayne's World where they're shilling the <laughs> stuff, which is still one of the funniest. Like, like oh yeah, oh uh, it's hurting my head. Here, take two of these. Dressed in the full Reebok. <laughs> People just do things for money these days. And that's really sad. It's like... <laughs> so funny. It rings so true. Mm. And I want to talk a little bit about this next week, too. Is kind of the Gen X versus now selling out and kind of commercial. That is like the big, thing. like. Because that's a big issue in Fight Club that I don't think rings is true these days. Well, it's like I think our generation is so much more like comfortable with uh, for whatever selling reason, out. yeah, selling out, yeah, which is like it's yeah, like, kind of a bummer a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's, I, yeah, so we'll we're so excited for next week, clearly, but we'll get into it. We're still talking Six Underground, mm -hmm. so Skydance Media, David Ellison, son mm -hmm. of um, Larry Ellison, the. Oh. They so it's always so interesting. David Ellison started a film company, and Megan Ellison started a film company. David oh, Ellison yeah. starts Skydance, which is like Transformers and like Top Gun and stuff like yeah. that. And Megan Ellison is like, I want to work with Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> like that's like, <laughs> and who's still in business? 
Mm. Anyway, it's a, it's a real, you know, it's it's a real Goofus and Gallon situation. And Goofus won. I know it's this is Goofus's Goof. world, and here lives this Goofus's world. Sorry, sorry there. <laughs> like, forget, forget it, forget it, Jake. It's Goofus Town. Yeah, forget it, Jake. It's Goofus Town. And so here's the thing: in May, they announced Netflix is going to distribute this film, May of 2018, and it's going to be a like action franchise. And my issue is, I think that if you're trying as Witness our beloved Universal Monsterverse. If you were trying mm. to start an action franchise or like a big series before doing any of it, mm. I think that almost always you're going to fuck it up. Yeah, sounds right. The Iron Man film, they did not know that they were going to make 55 Marvel movies yeah, when they well, made it's... the Iron Man film. Which is why that movie kind of can stand on its own a little bit yeah yep. it's yeah i think yeah i think like one of the most insidious things about filmmaking nowadays is that um we've where people are so adamant on turning it into television yeah it's i know truly uh it's soul crushing i want to watch a thing and just be happy with the thing and absolutely juicing the orange <sighs> to its barest of pulp before they are done with it yeah, like and, there's like there's bits of rind in your orange juice. Yeah, it's because there's just like they are like, and you can see it like these everything. No one wants to admit that things end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes the money will dry up, like that. Like the, these things run their course, especially well, especially when like you know Disney spends like how much do they spend on star wars like a billion dollars like a crazy yeah like these like they're they're spending these crazy amounts on these insane ips so they're like we better like get as much as possible the amazing thing is it may have been done after the six movies yeah like what more is there to say you don't need like yeah honestly there was nothing more to say on indiana jones after the first three oh a hundred percent it's crazy it almost reminds me of like the toy story movies too where like I feel like Toy Story 2 ended on a pretty solid, like, oh, this is a good place to stop this. And then they released Toy Story 3, and it's like, that's, like, definitive, like, the way that movie ends. And then and they, I, but they, and I mean, they keep having to milk it. And it's so funny. Every six every six weeks, it seems like there's a new article about, like, trying to figure out if Chris Nolan's going to do another Batman. Well, and not. He doesn't want to. Christian yeah. Bale doesn't want to. I, and then, like, well, in Bond too. Like, I feel like he's in the talks for the next Bond, also. Where uh-huh. it's like, and I um, think, and I think there's the Chris Nolan's childhood nostalgia could win out on that mm-hmm. one. I mean, Despite I'd the be fact open. he he made his Bond movie, it was called Tenet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. That was his Bond movie. I th- yeah. yeah, and but regardless, I think trying to like say you're gonna like i think they said the same thing with the gray man the russos are the kings of this um that citadel show they put out they're like we're gonna do like eight series based on this and it's like guess what somebody has to buy in the first time around mm-hmm. before you can make 10 of them you better make that first one pretty damn good yeah. or else nothing's nothing is gonna matter or like, like yeah the, the lord or the even like that lord of the ring show where they kept claiming it's like this is the most expensive piece of art ever made and then it did like okay yeah no one remembers it no one knows it existed yeah like it's crazy it's crazy and yeah like it's just you have it has to be good 
Mm-hmm. It has to be something people want. You have to know if people want it. Nobody knew what 600 Grand was. Like, I had to keep looking at it. Like, is this based on a comic book? Like, I kept thinking, like, it was based off of something. Yeah, is this like, yeah, because it feels like, it It kind of feels like a Suicide Squad type of thing a little bit. It, a little Fast and yeah, Furious. Yeah, a little fat. like, it feels like, um. But they're also like an anti-Fast and Furious, it, it too. It feels Deadpool meets Fast and the Furious. It's 100%. Like overall vibe, but that is like the depressing part here is that. So here's the story. Let's get into the story of what Six yeah. Underground is. Six Underground is the story of a group of people that have faked their deaths in order to form a vigilante team to stage a coup d'état against a ruthless dictator. Essentially, be a paramilitary operation that has a stateless paramilitary operation in the in the service of quote-unquote good yeah what does, this, what does this remind me of hmm. and it is like a scary thing in our yeah. time of these ultra wealthy billionaires who are stateless billionaires too mind you mm-hmm. who seem to like luckily they're more seem to be more interested in being epic on twitter yeah than and doing like... this mm-hmm. because this is on the table this kind of thing. Yeah, you, you could a hundred percent see like a Bill Gates or a uh, whoever, like you know, the big billionaire, the Elon Musk or whatever, being like, "Hmm, I bet I could play yeah. Tony Stark and like save uh, Belarus from Lukashenko or whatever." Uh, uh, if one of these guys decided, like, if so, if Sean Penn had the resources of Elon Musk. Oh, this, is, oh, this is this oh. is this is this is what we'd be looking at, which is a yeah. frightening end of capital and times prospect, is it not? Yeah, yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Like, yeah, it is like almost like a modern update of the Crusades or something. Because it is like it would be yeah. folly if shot. Because like that's the thing in real life, if a a ding dong billionaire was going to do this, like bring a merry band of men to like a country and try to like make a start a uh, revolution like a uh, suicide squad style or whatever they they would all get their their lunch handed to them the, it would the end cl- so poorly the closest i can think of is that group that tried to go to venezuela a couple years ago that oh tried to uh run their own yeah. dumb, the dumb bay of pigs yeah the dumb yeah trump's stupid bay of pigs yeah, yeah. that was man and, yeah well they they kind of like scarily achieved a little bit of that in bolivia for a short period of time. Like, I think there was like a lady that was very, like they had yeah. like a, a different person. Like they had the Evo Morales had to leave and go to Mexico. I think the scary thing about this is that this will happen. Yes. At some point this will happen mm-hmm. and it will go poorly. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, yeah, it will. Uh, it's, I think one of the most laughable moments we'll get to it. I guess the ending for this is like mm-hmm. insane. Like what? So, and, Watching this too, it, it's a very queasy. The entire like, liberal-minded, like kind of type of guy. This mm-hmm. is very queasy. Well, and it just like, thing. and yeah, I feel Michael Bay related to this. Especially, I think this is a response to Thirteen Hours. Mm-hmm. This movie, I think it's Michael Bay saying, "I saw how the system fucked up my beloved operators, and this is a fantasy scenario." You are a hundred percent. Wow. It is just like, this is how I would have done it. Yep. This is this his, is like, if I, if, if I, 
if I Michael did Bay it, wants to be sense. Ryan Reynolds in this fucking movie. Yes. yes, he does. Yeah, he identifies completely with him. Yeah. All the way through. All the way through to the fact that Michael Bay is adopted and has no family. Wow. Which is also explain, yeah. Which also, um, that's like a bring up family. That is like one of the weirder aspects of the movie. How everyone yeah. is so chill with just abandoning their fucking family. Oh, I know it is. It's crazy, insane. This it's, movie's nuts. It's psychotic. It's like a psychotic yeah. film. Like it's like it's like although like that he babe breaks his own rules with like the hit because there's one guy that's like fucking visiting his like know, mother like all the because, time because he wants family. He does want family. He just doesn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. He's watching from afar. The also the other filmmaker that I was thought like oddly enough, I think this is really Christopher Nolan inspired too. This movie, mm-hmm. yeah, like, a little bit. There's a lot Very of Inception. It, yeah, there and like the jumping back and forth in time and everything like that in the mm-hmm. storytelling model and Inceptiony too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like it's very like uh. Put the just, team it, together. Yeah, it's very putting the team together. And I think, like, you know, and that's, like, a thing that he's done in the past. Like, you know, Armageddon is a classic putting the team together yeah. movie. I, but I think, like, I think that they're, like, I think he needs Jerry. I think he needs Jerry Bruckheimer. Yes. I think I you're think, 100%. Yeah. Because I think Jerry Bruckheimer understands, for lack of, like, he understands sentimental storytelling. Mm-hmm. And manipulative, like emotional storytelling, far more than Michael Bay does. Yeah, and also like Jerry Bruckheimer, like not that he's the most subtle guy in the he's world, not. but like he's not. he's not. But he like I think he like would at least give him. I think he would. He curbed some of Bay's more puerile instincts. I think so too. I think so too. And I think mm-hmm. he curbed Don Simpson's. Yeah. Too. <laughs> like going all the way back to that I think because if you look at um, Top Gun Maverick mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick is playing with like it, obviously it's super has its moments of being super right wing and raw raw and has like all the stuff you know yeah borderline jingoistic or whatever jingoistic manipulative emotional status all that kind <laughs> of thing but it works yeah like it's like emotionally like it works i i was and, uh, like I, there's I, emotional beats to it that you care about i took a lift home the other day and i was talking to the driver about like movies and he was like yeah the last movie i saw in theaters was like top gun maverick yeah. like and he like it, it like it touched me or whatever and so like yeah. it's a testament to like Bruckheimer as a producer and tom, Although, Cru- tom cruise is understanding that too that he's a big like having him on, he understands that too. Yeah, he gets he gets the he understands the vibe that you're supposed to elicit to reach success. Yeah. So, did you know that Ryan Reynolds' character name in Six Underground is Magnet S. Johnson? Magnet. His name is Magnet, according to Wikipedia. Jesus Christ! What, what makes are you we really like? <sighs> walk Mag- into the o- does it make you want to walk into the ocean and just not stop? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Fuck this movie. Whatever. So, Fuck we're off. not gonna we're not gonna like go beat by beat through this movie because there's no real reason to because there's no beat. Like okay, he so basically Yeah, it he, doesn't have a... Ryan Reynolds is American billionaire and philanthropist magnet. Tom S. Magnet. Johnson, Tom David Magnet. <laughs> David Magnet. <laughs> who made a fortune inventing Neo Dimini Dimium magnets. He fakes his own death. 
just start at an because he has no family and nothing, mm -hmm. no love in his life. Mm -hmm. To start an anonymous vigilante squad to take down criminals and terrorists who can who the world cannot or will not pursue. <laughs> I mean, that's on paper. That sounds cool. To like billionaires who have nothing else to do, who yeah. feel bad about their status is like, yeah, buy, it is. It's a hundred percent of guilt. Yeah, buy a sports team, man. Like exactly. Yeah, buy do wreck some. Do wreck yeah, some. Do wreck some. Clearly. Um, yeah, don't. Yeah, don't go around the. Yeah, don't go around the he, world he staging coups. He is number one. Number two on the team is the CIA spook, Melanie Laurent, who many yeah. people, for great French actors, who many people will remember from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, and, and inex um, the inexplicably French member of the CIA. And, yeah, the French. Doesn't matter because I think, and God bless her for it, she did the right thing and saw this movie as an opportunity to get into great shape be a total babe mm -hmm. and be awesome and shoot stuff. Yeah. I mean, as an actor, as an actor, you yeah. would like, like at least once in your life. And I think Jake Gyllenhaal said that about mm -hmm. ambulance. He's like, I wanted to hang outside of an ambulance firing a machine gun in a Michael Bay movie. Sounds like, fun. As a life experience. If you're a big actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why not? That sounds like a great time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you get like a get a free trader out of it. Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you're not doing like Harold Pinter or Tennessee Williams here, but you're going to have fun. Like You're going to make a ton of money. Everyone's getting yeah. paid. Like, you're in Italy for a, a week. It looks like, yeah, you're having fun. Uh, Manuel Garcia Rolfo plays number mm -hmm. three, the hitman, And he is also the Lincoln lawyer on the show. The Lincoln lawyer. Um, he probably has like. Outside of Reynolds gets to do the most soy stupid stuff. Yes. In this movie. Uh, there, there's he, a... he, he quote he gets high and quotes a bunch of movies. It's very annoying. But he also yep. gets to do cool action stuff. He gets this really weird story to like he's the weak link in the group because he keeps visiting his infirm mother in hospital in like the old folks home. Even though that's like explicitly a thing rule you're not supposed one, to do. Rule, rule number one of six underground. Don't talk to your family ever again because we'll get to that in a moment um number four the skywalker played Stupid. by ben hardy so it seems like around 2018 michael bay discovered parkour videos on youtube <laughs> he was a little late to the game yeah he, <laughs> but, he, no let, let's be honest he didn't go on youtube he watched that episode of the office where... yeah and then he was like <laughs> what's this about and he then went on youtube um yeah. <laughs> and this guy he's parkour guy he gets yeah. to do the cool stunts. And I, he's, he seems fine. And... Like, uh, yeah, I have no, yeah. no ill will toward Ben Hardy. No, yeah, and fine member of the team. Yeah. Um, Adria Ar Arjona plays mm. number five, the doctor. She gets like uh, the least to do. She gets the least to do. She, yeah. you know, she's she's apparently really, really wonderful in the upcoming Richard Linklater movie, though. So I'm excited oh, to see I'm that. She's she's teamed with Glenn Powell in the Hitman, and apparently they get um. For Linklater, actually, very like um, sexy scenes, Ooh, and they uh, thinking about them together. You're like, oh, that's an attractive couple. <laughs> like, well, you know? I think that movie was also, uh, if I remember correctly, I think that was recently purchased by Netflix. Recently purchased by Netflix, indeed. Yes, so but it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah. it's supposed to be excellent. I mean, obviously, as a big Richard Linklater fan, looking forward to it. Number six of the titular Six Underground is the driver, played by Dave Franco. Now, mm -hmm. in the opening of this movie, we are introduced in rapid-fire fashion to everyone. We're um, introduced to them in media res as the 
action has started. And they're mm. in a chase. Melanie Laurent has been shot. She's being operated on in the back seat. We get a better mid-action operation momentarily here. Dave Franco's driving. Ryan Reynolds is riding shotgun. Chaos ensues all over Italy. It's um, in typical Michael Bay fashion. You are attracted to the chaos. If you are if you're a person who's attracted to cinematic chaos, you mm. get it here. They are driving through art galleries. They are yeah. flying through town. Cars are flying everywhere. Patrick uh, brought up beforehand. Cars are getting in car crashes, and because people are not wearing their seatbelts, Michael Bay is showing us go through the them go through the windshield and like bounce across the pavement. Yeah, it's brutal and titillating. We'll put it. You know, it's like, yeah. Well, and also like at a certain point, like they like they're doing like they go through that art. Uh, they go through that art exhibit and they like destroy like Bernini's Apollo and Athena. That's like a side. That's like a sidebar. Like they destroy like a a a, a, a priceless work of art, and th- yeah. that feels very Bay in a nutshell. Like it's just a flippant disregard. Flippant disregard of everything that's happening. It's very exciting though. It ends in tragedy though. As mm. <laughs> oh no. Dave Franco, after all of his good driving, does like a power slide into a damn like what is forklift? Take the forklift to the neck. (laughs) It's brutal. Dave, (laughs) Dave, Dave Franco, in his in a sense, in a kind of like I think they're trying to play on the um, Emilio Estevez at the opening of Mission Impossible One. Oh my God, that's the guy we know, and he's dead. Kind of Mm -hmm. moment. Um, Dave Franco is dead. Six Underground is down to five. They need a seven. This is where they mm-hmm. meet Sniper Blaine, number seven, played by Corey Hawkins, an excellent young actor who I think is trying his best mm-hmm. to bring some level of like humanity, humanity <laughs> and pathos to this movie. <laughs> yeah, actual like, character. <laughs> an actual character. We'll put it yeah. that way. Um, see, Ryan Reynolds talks him into joining the team. He is upset that he lost his fellow troops. He's like, um, might as well be hanging with our the 13 hours guys. He's yeah, I, I'm going to just abandon my family. Whatever. It's fine. Ben is his family, which leads to a scene in which he watches his own funeral that um, you think would be a little more. Uh... <laughs> I, I would say I would say spirals out of control. Which would like crazy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because like, you know, that, like Ron, uh, Ron Funches shows up. Um, <laughs> great, great, great guy. Very funny guy. And um, I think they let Ron. Um, oh, yeah. Just he's, roll like they put yeah, the camera Ron. on him and just like, just, just, just riff, man. Yeah, he I think Ron like, was hey. not told. About any level of the rest of the film. Hundred <laughs> percent. Michael Bay was like, you're a funny guy. Like, yeah, just do some funny stuff. And he says he, you know, he goes his bit out. He should have, like, he should have died. And um, all culminating in they all cried while watching Coco. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Well, and then and then Blaine is like sitting there watching this, and his reaction is basically like, Ugh, cringe much? Like, I know. Kind of like it's like it's like you think you would have like a little more like you think it would this- be. I've had this thing recently where I've been watching every slasher movie I watch has been mm-hmm. making me uncomfortable because I'm like, oh, those are like people's friends. <laughs> like we're just like letting <laughs> like I'm getting to the point where I need I need a tether to humanity. Yeah. When I watch films. 
And Michael Bay doesn't. Yeah, that's you're not going to get that tether in this movie. Not, not in this movie. Maybe not, in the next it, one. Maybe the next one, but not this one. So then, Blaine is brought to the team, and Blaine's job is both to be a very skilled sniper and to kind of talk the team into maybe the fact that we have eliminated our personalities and our lives is a bad thing. And yeah. Patrick, what if like, what if we're a family? What if like I, like, propose that? I'll get the fuck point. out of here. Get the like, fuck out of here. Yeah, that's and, my that's the, like much like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, send in Tim Kalpakis in that birthday boy sketch. That's <laughs> yeah. <a> family. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, what was it like? Uh, the the Mike Mitchell, a watermelon, and a stack of magazines. That's family. Seven un- seven uncles, a potty, a Pontiac Trans Am, and leftover spaghetti. <laughs> that's family. <laughs> like, just a baby, a baby in the woods by himself. That's a family. <laughs> Baby, the uh, trees, trees in the woods, and a big pile of dog shit. That's a family. Yeah, it is like funny though that like that is like, it's so crazy how they're so against like the family thing initially. It's such a weird. It feels like a um, and I guess that's like a lesson that Ryan has to learn from Corey Hawkins' his character. But it, it is, it feels like um, it does feel like it's a very much like a hey, we're not your grandpa's Fast and Furious movie. But the, but the thing, yeah, I know, but it has to become a Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, like it has to become has one. To. Inevitably does, but the fact is, every other member of Six Underground is completely mm-hmm. ready to oh, yeah. start a family. Because we also learned that the hitman of the CIA spook are shipping. Yeah. They're like, go, like they're macking, and Bay can't help himself to turn a couple of these scenes into Victoria's Secret commercials, can he? No, he can't. No, he really can't. He can't. He's got to get the ladies down to their underwear. And yep. It has to turn into an Aerosmith music video. I know. It, I don't want to miss a thing. And yeah. it's just, it's his worst instincts are on display in this movie. Uh, and yeah. he doesn't have like a screenplay or like the the really good character actors to tether him to reality mm-hmm. in any sense. Like even the island, like Steve Buscemi shows up and like yeah. does stuff. Like you know, yeah, there's Armageddon, like, you... Armageddon is so stacked with good oh, actors. For sure, like, you you're got, on like, board. You, you're on board of it the entire way through. You got Billy Bob. You got Will Patton. You got you... Peter Stomer. There's no no Peter Stomer. Kind of surprised. I know. Yeah, I know. Victor. You got Buscemi. Like Michael Clark Duncan. You've got all these guys who can like help us. Yes. Like stay alive. Ease <laughs> the yeah. Ease the uh, ease the, uh, the 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 bitter pill of the script there, or whatever. There's no like Ed Harris or Alec Baldwin to show up halfway through to like save the day. That's like yeah. rock solid character actors. Like it, it, it is like surprising. Yeah, it's the Six Underground is like character actorless. It is like because surprisingly... he's trying for a Fast and the Furious thing, mm-hmm. where Fast and the Furious kind of went with like hunks. Babes and muscle bound bros before yeah. it went with like the Steve Buscemi's of the world. Yeah, it was only like, uh, was it? Well, yeah, like Kurt Russell didn't enter that series until like seven, until, I think. Like, later on, the, it was just no, yeah. it, like their idea of adding people was like The Rock and John yeah. Cena, like <laughs> just, just increasingly beefier guys, just yeah, weirder, increasingly weirder, beefier, beefier. Yeah, Jason Statham, like it's like that's the kind of guys who get added to. Even like, you know, they had Charlie's Throne, which is like a huge deal. She's amazing, but it's like mm. she's also like, 
she's otherworldly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, or like Jason Momoa in Fast yeah, Ten. Like, yeah, it, that's like perfect these example. people are not like real people. They're like the most beautiful or like beefy people imaginable. <laughs> yeah. The, every yeah every person, with the exception of Vin Diesel in those movies, is a person where if you saw them on the street, you would just kind of stop you're what like you're doing melt. and be fascinated. Like, yeah. Like like I would like crumble to the ground in the presence of Jason Momoa. I'd be like, geez. Like, you're real, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like you're you're a human being. These are how people are made. I didn't realize that. I've never met a human being like you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they need. Yeah, they need. Like, we need like a schlubbier. They all wanna... need to go get, do the Vin Diesel thing. Get a little. You, get a, become you, a little dad bod. Do you want to come to movie night? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to hang? Yeah. So we go through a series of like big action sequences, and the action sequences like they do do like the globe trotting like set pieces in an exciting fashion like mm-hmm. they do it all i mean parkour car chases they do that swimming pool on top of a skyscraper flood oh, that's like a fun like, sequence they do like um fly across skyscrapers by ropes like they do all sorts of um really exciting stuff they do mm-hmm. boats they do the the and all this culminate, you know, to bring down this dictator. All this culminates in this big, this boat that Ryan Reynolds turns into the world's giant magnet, and guys are like flying into the walls, and knives yeah. are flying. It's like it's very like in Inception again, like the flipping fight, like the zero gravity fight in Inception. This oh yeah, kind of what well, it reminds me. Except of. it's like, what if we could uh, magnetize everything? That's our like yeah. weird gimmick. And, which I don't use enough, but it, but it, but it's also like, it's all based on Ryan Reynolds' smartphone, which barely works, and he's like, "I'm trying it to work." <laughs> you know? oh God, that that's such a lame conceit. He, uh, my, yeah, I think he's not, movie... he's not heroic. No, in it, but it, like you're right. Like I think your pitch on, go ahead with your pitch on what you think this movie should have been. Oh, this should have been a movie about a uh, a horrible billionaire who thinks he can solve. You know, he thinks he could like become like uh, he thinks he knows how to solve like a country's issues or something, and he hires a team of ding dongs that to do it for him. And then when he gets to that co- said country, it's like a pain and gain scenario. He realizes he's in way over his head, and that he can't like you know just like billionaire his way out of whatever uh, insane uh, Michigas he got himself into. Like, so what it what it should be basically? I don't know if you've ever seen Alex Cox's movie Walker. With no. Ed Harris, that's about a guy who think he's like it's like he's like a Christopher Columbus type guy, and he goes to this country and decides he discovers he's it's things are not good, like yeah. and or like Aguirre the Wrath of God, mm-hmm. something like that, like a hundred percent, yeah, like something where like it's like I think they're just like this movie is so kind of flippant and they yeah. achieve their goals so like thoroughly successfully it's insane and improbable and i feel like this movie if this movie was a little more honest there there's I'm not saying it would have been good but there would have been more potential to be good well, it's <laughs> like, designed to be this awesome globe-trotting team in movie after movie after movie who goes on the who go on these adventures yeah problem is the first movie has to be good 100 mm-hmm, like, the organic weirdly organic way in which the Fast and Furious series has become what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, people don't remember the first Fast and Furious film is a Point Break ripoff. It is oh, based yeah. 
trading street race surfing for street racing it's all mm-hmm. the only difference the exact same story it's very grounded it's yeah. very simple like movie we are not the point where they're like stealing submarines and like going at these globe trotting wars and like stopping nuclear bombs is a very strange singular growth for a series well one person believed when they made the first one of these movies that there would be fucking 11 of them (laughs) yeah like how do you yeah because it does feel like it's so funny we talked about like the things this imitates like we brought up like um fast and furious suicide squad uh other films of that ilk or whatever but like another movie that this movie i feel like is trying to emulate is like late era mission impossible yes that too is yeah that as well and and it's again, like yeah and that's like another movie series where that started kind of from a smaller place sort of from a smaller place and the other thing too is that those series like you know both of us i think rewatched all of the mission impossibles this year loved them mm-hmm. it starts off organ- like the first one is very different the brian de palma part one is ultra different from dead reckoning like completely oh, for different sure. things. and they honestly tried to sideline Tom Cruise in Ghost Protocol by introducing the Jeremy Renner character, and that didn't work. So they adjusted on the fly to like mm-hmm. say, oh, actually it is Tom Cruise that is the reason people are going to see these movies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what a novel. And the team aspect, you watch one and two, the team changes. Oh, big time. And they're like such like, um, yeah, the only like yeah, the only like character that's like it's like Bing Rames. That's the only person that and maintains. He's, bar- and he's barely in part three, and Jen called it out. She was like, "I wish we- I wanted more Bing Rames." When we were watching, she was seeing that for the first time, and it's like it was an organic thing. Like, oh, people like Bing Rames. Oh, like Simon Pegg's a great member of the team. Like those kind of those like these the characters that stick are because you built them. <laughs> also because and this is a point we made earlier they're great character actors they have texture they're interesting <laughs> and god bless all the folks in this movie they're not particularly memorable yeah like they've not given a lot to do they're not like they're all kind of like um blank faces they and, haven't like established and this is like not the type of film you know and combined with like ryan reynolds um flippant performance hmm it doesn't make for anything you want to watch again. Yeah, exactly. You it's don't want like, to join these people again. I don't care about exactly. any of that. And, and it's like, it's like at best, this movie is uh, not memorable. And then at worst, sometimes it's just like um, tasteless. Like, yeah. I think the uh, one of the last scenes in the movie is they. Oh, take yeah. The dicta- yeah. So they take down with the magnet boat, they take down the dictator of whatever. Whatever the fake nation. Yeah. 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 And uh, they just basically recreate like the uh, I remember with uh, they recreate some very harrowing footage from uh, uh, that we saw do- in thirteen hours. Yeah, the oh Gaddafi murder. We saw it in thirteen hours. They showed the yeah. actual clips. So this plays with thirteen hours. This is a redo. This is a hunt. Yeah, despite it's- the fact that the way that they destroyed this country, like completely stateless destruction of this country, would lead the guy that they bring in charge, who they think is their savior. We're heading toward a full scale Syria or um, yeah, um, we're gonna have a, a second civil war. We're gonna have yeah, yeah it's like yeah. it's totally like it's so well well 
The movie no, wouldn't the, have you it's believe. The, it's the dream scenario. Yeah. Of the Middle East from Michael Bay's perspective, which is inappropriate. It's, <laughs> like it's, it's, like it's, it's, it sucks. It's, it's truly it's, like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's and it's so insulting to be like, oh, yeah, if we get like the right guy, if these like this married group of men get the right guy on TV and get him to do a, spa- Every, a speech. It's, it's the same shit as like taking out Saddam Hussein in Iraq. Yeah. Hearts and minds. So hearts and minds. Bring the right guy. We show them Amer- a superior American firepower. Everything. Yeah. Fine. Guess what? Thumbs down. Doesn't work at all. Stinky. Yeah. Bad. We've seen it a million times in Doesn't real work. fucking life. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, doesn't work. What a, yeah. Doesn't, what, a, what an what an arrogant and, film. This is an yeah, arrogant. No, this film. is it, this film is a right wing fantasy. Yeah, chauvinistic. Chauvinistic. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Michael. I hope you're not listening. Maybe you're listening. I hope not. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we, mean, like, we've we've tried our best. We've tried our best to give you your films a fair shake. This one doesn't yeah. work. This one doesn't yeah, work. It, it, yeah, it doesn't work. And you're like, yeah. And his movies are, you know. Well, hey, guess what? Next movie is going to work though. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, we have we have we are tons of praise for the next movie. Uh, so this movie, as we mentioned, written by Paul Warnick and Rhett Reese. Cinematography by Bojan Bazelli. Uh. Mm-hmm. Who's done? Um, looks like they work a lot with um, David Lowry, huh. Gore Verbinski. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, shot deep cover, baby. <laughs> like from uh, Bill. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He, he's he also, if I remember correctly, uh, and I could be King, wrong. I'm not looking at Wikipedia. King of New York. King of New York. You better yeah, believe it. Yeah. Great. And, yeah. Uh, great. Going all the way back. Pumpkinhead. Ooh, unsung <laughs> cinematographer. This guy, yeah, it's crazy he hasn't gotten yeah, hasn't did, gotten an Oscar. Uh, did Abel Ferrara's Body Snatchers too. Oh, um, did uh Sugar Hill, Wesley Snipes movie. Wow, that movie had a good look. Yeah. Yeah, great cinematographer. And there's nothing wrong with the look in this movie at all. Edited by you guessed it, three editors, Roger Barton, William Goldenberg, and Calvin Wimmer. Music by Lauren Balf, uh, who has worked uh quite a bit with michael bay obviously did the 13 hours score uh this movie came out december 13th of 2019 mm. at a budget of 150 million dollars good god this movie looks they thought they thought they had like they thought they had another fast and furious on their hands i think but well and it's also like it's crazy i wonder how much of that is like going to ryan reynolds number one and then uh a uh, 20 i guess at least 20 yeah yeah, no. so that's like, yeah, because like I will say the next movie we're doing looks so much better. I don't it's know. A, it must be like the CGI and stuff, and the set yeah. pieces. I don't know. Um, it came out on Netflix like the same day. I watched it like Christmas week. We like, <laughs> we we watched it. Like, oh, man. So I didn't even know this. Yeah, we it's we fell in hook line and sinker because I was already like coming back around on mm. Bay. Like yeah. I was like I because the Transformers movies as we've talked about totally fucking lost me, but yep. um coming back around, um audiences the critics though, you know it's a Michael Bay movie thirty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, six underground is loud frenetic and finally preposterous which is either bad news or a hearty recommendation depending on how one feels about the movies of Michael Bay, <laughs> <laughs> and I think like. What trouble the critic is astute as Roger Ebert is kind of what we've been getting at is that like there's nothing wrong 
with loud and preposterous. No. Um, or frenetic even. Early or bombastic. Yeah, I like that stuff. But it ha- it should be in favor of something that isn't lying underneath it that is very queasy in terms of what it's promoting or what its intentions are. Yeah, I think like you can't be willy nilly. I feel like there's like and a willy. That's, that's the issue because I don't think like Michael Bay. Michael Bay is not like some like right wing warrior. No, I just don't think he's like putting in the effort to think about the implications of what he's putting out there. A hundred percent. I think he's like, yeah, he's not like you know. Clint Eastwood talking to an empty chair or whatever, but like, uh, and Clint Eastwood isn't that either, but, uh, uh, I mean, he was in that moment, but he's not like, you know, typically, but, uh, uh, I think like he is just a person who hundred percent does not like think about the ramifications of his actions in any capacity. He's very just like, it'd be cool if that country was like, you know, had freaking democracy. Let's make a movie about how that would be sick. I know, and like <laughs> I've met, I've met some guys who've told me that they could do it. Yeah, these the guys that own a uh, Death Gun Coffee or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, so, Matt Singer, Screen Crush, gave it five out of ten, and I like this review: excessive, wanton, gorgeous, bizarre. <laughs> like I think, like, I, yeah. I like yeah. that. That's a good way of putting it. Um. Ryan Telerico of RogerEper.com gave two of four. It becomes repetitive, nonsensical, and just loud after everyone gets an origin story. We're left with nothing to do but go boom. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Glenn Kenny of the New York Times, who is a critic I, I like, yeah. uh, gave it a positive view. He said, there are genuinely eccentric innovations here. There's certainly not a whole lot of recognizable humanity, but hey, that's why there's It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. <laughs> Like, which came out like the same week. It was oh like, yeah, go watch the Mister Rogers movie if you're looking for like heart and soul. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't like a Barbenheimer, like a beautiful day in the underground. Uh, Adam Graham of the Detroit News gave it a B and said the Madman director's Netflix debut, Six Underground, is so big it feels like it's going to smash out of your television screen. Um, yeah, it's riotous, assaultive. All of those kind of things. Now, an interesting, perhaps the most interesting review that I've seen of Six Underground was actually on Letterboxd, and it was from the director Sean Baker. Oh, interesting. The Florida Project and Red Rocket, who is a great follow on Letterboxd. He doesn't review movies anymore because people in the comments got a little nasty, unfortunately. But but following what he's watching is really interesting because he watches he's got a pretty eccentric like pretty wild taste like if he's mm-hmm. watching something it's probably worthwhile to like add that to your watch list it's an interesting curio at the very least yes so here's what he said upon watching it on february 17th of 2020 this is the first michael bay film i've really liked incredible stunts and vfx and reynolds is charming and funny as always it is shot by the incomparable bojan bazelli and lauren balfa's score is solid watched on netflix of course wow <laughs> interesting i mean and like so that goes to show taste is different yeah exactly and like he's a guy whose taste i trust I, I don't like so, yeah so like if i was going into six underground side and scene and had just read his review that's it 
I would have been very excited to watch Six Underground. A hundred percent. I think it's like one of those things too, where like maybe like my negative. Uh, it's like it's colored by like uh, just like an actor I'm not necessarily a fan of, and I, then and, a and, I think and then just... and the soundtrack I wasn't necessarily a fan of. I, I'm surprised I, that he says the soundtrack is great. I think that's what it comes down to as well. Oh yeah. yeah, we did not like the needle drop soundtrack choices in this movie at all. Yeah, um, I think it really is what it comes down to is if you are charmed by Ryan Reynolds or not, mm-hmm. because he's a kind of a force of nature. He doesn't blend in in movies he's in. No, he is. Yeah, he's him. Yeah, and his personality and his style and everything like that bleeds out into everyone and everything both in front of behind and behind the camera mm-hmm. and if you're sold on him you'll probably enjoy six underground quite a bit yeah i mean I, it's interesting i guess he like kind of i was trying to think of like how ryan reynolds fits in like modern oh my the God. modern um, cinematic on december 15 2019 netflix was already planning a franchise, Adventures of the Team. December 18th of 2019, three days later, <laughs> due to the Filmsworks reviews, those plans were put in doubt. Wow. On July 28th of 2021, Netflix chief Scott Stuber confirmed that the film would not be getting a sequel. He Wait, did you, say, the... did you say Scott Stuber? Yeah. Like the Uber movie? Is he in the Uber movie? I don't, I don't know the movie. Oh, Oh, I don't, I don't know, but he's the chairman of Netflix. Scott Stuber. All right. <laughs> I just love that. That I thought that was just a fake name, but apparently someone someone is named Stuber. That's not just a weird uh, uh... successful man in that. Wow. Um, <laughs> he said, we didn't feel like we got there on 600 Grand creatively. It was a nice hit, but at the end of the day, we didn't feel like we nailed the mark to justify coming back again. There wow. just wasn't that deep of a love for those characters or that world. This is a recurring thing with Netflix because, like, this is the same thing that happened to the the Max Landis uh, ogre crime movie, The Bright. Right, yeah, they, yeah no. Bright was gonna be like a huge friend. Like everyone yeah. was like, you know, Netflix was like, oh, Bright Fever is gonna like, you know, hit America. Take over. That did not yeah. happen. <laughs> did not happen. No. Yeah, it's almost like they throw money at insane risks that uh, they think that the money will guarantee success, and it doesn't. It's still gonna yeah. be a risk. Like it... creativity. Still creativity. So, where do we go now? As Michael mm-hmm. Bay, he's tried to build a new franchise. Things are not, he's throwing stuff at the wall, and things are not landing as easily as they used to for mm-hmm. Michael Bay. So, what does he do next? He's still getting a ton of offers on the table. In the meantime, too, he produces. A Quiet Place for John Krasinski, which is a huge success. So there's still a lot going on, you know, for Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. Cut back to 2005. Ambulance. The film is released in a Danish film. is released called Ambulance. The remake rights are purchased immediately, but it takes quite a while to get there. But it's a fun idea, as we all know. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it in just a moment here on what that idea is. Um, in Michael Bay was originally 
the first choice to direct it, but he passed on the project. So in August 28th of 2015, Philip Noyce, Jen was surprised there was a director with the last name Noyce, <laughs> uh, attached to direct from a script written by Chris Fiedek. Two years later, though, Noyce was replaced by the directing duo of Navat, Papuchado, and Aaron Vishalis, who directed oh, yeah. a film called uh, Big Bad Wolves, um, and have since gone on, um, at least Navat went and directed the Netflix movie Gunpowder Milkshake. I remember, like, they're like, uh, Quentin Tarantino likes their movies, right? Quentin Tarantino likes their movies, and I believe at least one of them is a very regular guy at the New Beverly. Interesting. Um, but this version never entered production. So in 2020, when the COVID pandemic hit and preempted Michael Bay's plans to shoot his next film, which is called Black Five. I don't know if it's related to Six Underground or not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they, I think it's, but it sounds like a very, like that's a very Michael Bay title if there was one. Oh, um, yeah. He recalled telling his agent, God damn it. I just want to get out and shoot something fast. I'm tired of being locked up at home. <laughs> Michael Bay sitting around with his dogs during the pandemic, waiting around mm-hmm. to do something is not not the place for Michael Bay. He's not a he's not he needs to do stuff. He has to hang out. He's a guy who likes to hang out at like the cigar club or whatever. He needs to be doing yeah, things. He needs to be doing things. He needs to be doing. <laughs> There's a little one. Hello. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he pitches to the head of Universal Pictures, Donna Langley, that he wants to direct a small film. Focusing on um, tension between characters in a claustrophobic setting. This reminded Bay of a script he was pitched years earlier. Ooh. Ambulance. And he told uh, told them that he could shoot it on a relatively low budget in a short period of time. The script suited Michael Bay's needs for that moment. So November right. 11th of 2020, he is announced as the new director, and the film was referred to as a character-driven project. They'd move away from Bay's normality of standard explosion heavy, heavy fare while using elements from films Speed and Bad Boys. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Michael Bay did not watch or read the script for the original film at all. To avoid mm-hmm. being influenced by it, he wanted to make the film completely his own. Jake Gyllenhaal um, received the screenplay in October 2020. In the following month, it is announced he has taken the le- one of the lead roles in the movie alongside an actor by the name of Dylan O'Brien. And um, also announced as Isaac Gonzalez to play mm-hmm. a role as a paramedic. Um, Gyllenhaal and Bay seem to have got along swimmingly, and they are very excited to work with each other. Gyllenhaal even said, like, you know, it's kind of like a kid's dream. Mm-hmm. To be in a Michael Bay movie and blowing stuff <laughs> up, <laughs> hanging yeah. out of stuff, shooting guns, and that it's, kind of thing. Yeah, no, it seems like a really like if I ever had the opportunity to be in like a Den of Thieves or like a, like yeah. take it, like yeah, because I think like, you yeah, want to like. I mean, it's like with you know we talked about last week with Krasinski in the Thirteen Hours. It's like, yeah, I mean, if you're an actor, there is kind of like a cool thing about like getting into shape and running around like yeah all like the learn, weapons learning and all like... that yeah that's fun although like if we were cast in any of these movies we were like the record store owner we're the the guy like the guy who likes striper and painting gain i'm i'm like 1000 percent hanging out with like jack black and jamie kennedy in like the computer lab 
Yes. Like, <laughs> uh, that's a great, uh, that's a good pool. The enemy yeah, of the state computer the lab. The enemy of the state computer lab. I'm, I'm probably with one of those guys. I'm not like an operator, unfortunately. No. Yeah. My, I have a, my, my nickname is like Gizmo or Headcase yeah. or something. I'm wearing like a turtleneck and like Oakley sunglasses. That's Brain Bank. Yeah. Brain Bank. <laughs> he's weird, but he's smart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he kind of believes in aliens, right? It, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um, on December 11th of 2020, Dylan O'Brien dropped out of the project and due to scheduling conflicts and was replaced by Yahya Abdul Mateen II. Mm. Um, and because he had a production delay on the Aquaman sequel, he had a little time opening. Um, so the three leads are cast. They're ready to go headstrong into production. Mm-hmm. 38-day production on location in downtown Los Angeles. The story of the film, rather simple. Uh, War veteran Will Sharp, played by Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, is desperately in need of cash for his angelic wife's surgery. (laughs) Yeah. Reaches out to his adoptive brother, Danny (laughs) Sharp, who is a lifelong criminal... Who, I I'm actually quite pro this. I was just talking about this with um, talking about this with a friend about the film Shutter Island and the film The Shining, mm-hmm. but the guy who never really like, there's no slow build to reveal that they are crazy. They are yeah. crazy from the first line of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is clear that this guy is a bit of a lunatic. Yeah, and so. He happens to run into Danny on the same day Danny is like about to head out to rob a Federal Reserve for a thirty-two million dollar bank heist. Wow, serendipitous! What are the odds? And Will's yeah. like, "Oh man, I don't know." Shoot. Yeah, well, well, it, well and it's so cr- like when he's trying to get like money for or like the funding for his wife's surgery or whatever. It is crazy how like the blatant disregard for the bureaucratic system. Not that, like, it doesn't have that, and there's definitely issues with it, but I think there was, like, this one line where, like, the lady, I think, like, the lady over the phone is like, I need my coffee break now, or whatever. It's like, that's yeah, such an insane thing to hear. There, are, Despite the fact that this is, I think, one of Michael Bay's finest movies, we'll just tear the band-aid off. Oh, yeah. Now, For there sure. Are, and also, so, I'm a fan. There are still lazy shortcuts to yeah. get where they need to go in the plot mm-hmm. all throughout. And this goes to a word that I said before we came on here, which is um, sophistication. Yeah. I don't think audiences, like, I don't think necessarily, I think audiences would accept movies of any type or genre these mm-hmm. days. But what has changed is, like, it goes back to that line we had a guest say that was before they made real movies, like, ages ago. Yeah. Oh, Winston. And, yeah, the great Winston I, Carter. And I think what he was referring to wasn't so much that the movies of old are not real, is that there is new audiences are more sophisticated and a little ahead of the game. Yep. In we, terms of what they accept and what they will not accept. We we are so uh, media savvy now compared yes. to how we were in like the 70s. We understand the uh, inner workings of plot and story uh, at a story, younger age. As storytelling, because like they can't just throw anything at us Mm-mm. and expect it to be ex- accepted yeah it has to be kind uh, of clever now yeah it, and 
Michael Bay is perhaps not as conscientious enough of a filmmaker mm -hmm. to accept that. Yeah, well, and then, like, his cleverness doesn't come in, like, you know, uh, screenplay. His cleverness comes from, like, the set pieces and the and, action sequences. In a film like Ambulance, he utilizes this drone almost to exhausting effect. Oh, it's but it's so kind of groovy at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it rules. Like, you'll, like, you, it's almost like a, um, it's like the next level of Sam Raimi's, like, Evil Dead. Like, I'm a little, like, snake mm. in the grass camera where, like, like you'll constantly be like going really fast in the air flying. And then all of a sudden you'll like go down. It's like, you'll go down a building, like a slide. Yeah. <laughs> and lead to a next. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, it's very, um, it's very aesthetically pleasing. Indeed. Indeed it is. It's very cool. So basically what happens is this heist goes terribly wrong mm -hmm. from the jump. Will and Danny um, in desperation to get out as their entire team is, dispatched by waiting both LA cops and um what feds Do you, what, think what? like some sort of fed yeah it's there's multiple organizations that get involved in the uh attempted capture and uh and apprehension of Jake and uh yeah 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 so they um what they do is they um first off Ted. Oh, I should know too. Jake Gyllenhaal's bank robbery look is like a Hall of Fame all timer blazer turtleneck combination. Which going to this uh, going uh, to this uh, heist dress like Steve Jobs at rules. Bruv, oh Jake, it looks great. You look super cool. No, I've never seen anybody. Do a highest dress like this? It looks yeah, great. it's like are are you a uh, are you like a tech guru or are you a, a criminal? I don't know. I can't tell. Absolute turtleneck king yes. is uh, Danny Sharp. So mm -hmm. everything goes wrong. So first off, this is dumb heat. This qualifies as a dumb heat movie because oh, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal's team sucks. Oh, just we dumb know mooks. The second they're introduced. Like getting set up for the operation. They're complaining about cars they have to get there. Complain about they have to like be somewhere afterwards. Like you name it. There's distrust all around. There's no community. You know, Robert De Niro's team, they're going out to dinners with their yeah. wives. Not happening with this crew. A little family. It's another situation of not a family. This ain't your daddy's heat. Like these people yeah. don't like each other. It, they barely uh, like their loved ones. Like one guy's always like complaining about his wife. Yeah. It's so mm -hmm. stupid that mm -hmm. Danny would even go into this operation with this team. Yeah. Like they probably you... they probably could have pulled it off yeah. if he had a better team. It makes you wonder. To what extent, like, if, like, if Jake, is Jake's character desperate, or is he just a bit of a ding -dong? And that's, that's the issue, is that we're not given enough on, yeah. on, like, why, outside of the fact he's doing this score, because he likes scores. Mm -hmm. Like, he's doing any of this. Yeah, like, I this think is the action given him, like, for this guy? Yeah, if they'd given him a slight reasoning mm -hmm. for it, one last job. How about yeah, that? that's all, all you need. Or, like, uh, yeah, one last job. Give, how about... How about giving him a girlfriend that he's fallen in love with? Like De Niro. In yeah. heat, but he can't help himself. Exactly. He just wants to like, he wants a little to, yeah, you just wish that the, yeah, the reasoning was yeah. a little more clear. Yeah. But 
on in Jake's defense, he's having the time of his life playing Danny Sharp. <laughs> like <laughs> he's oh, like he's... he's rolling hard. It's one of my favorite Jake Gyllenhaal performances. And on oh, you know, and I don't mean that ironically. No, like, he's I'm such a def- like fun like his he's always like it feels like his shoulders are up to his like is over or up to his ears. He's very like wound up and like yeah. I don't, he, yeah. He's, and I think like he has a tendency like to be a real tryhard as an actor. I think mm-hmm. like I think he wants to be respected as a really good actor, and God bless him for that. I think a lot of the performances that he's been really praised for, to me, don't tend to be never very naturalistic. I feel a little forced. I, yeah, I see the seams a bit in his work. Not in this one, though. I think he's just like he's loose. He's not, um, he's not trying to like prove he's like Robert De Niro or something like that. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he's free. Yeah, and it's free to have a good time. Exactly. It's a perfect example. It's like, you know, the classic, um, like, you know, if you give your best performance when you don't give a shit about the audience's reaction to it. Yeah, you're it's not like thinking that. about critics. You're not thinking about anything like that. You're just trying to think about like, oh, I'm going to get into Danny here. And yeah, it's fun. And fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I and so basically what happens is uh, so simultaneous to this, these two ding dong rookie cops, <laughs> whatever. Oh, they yeah, want to like guys. this one guy. Um, the officer Zach is the guy's name. He's played by Jackson, Jackson White. White. Yeah. Um. He has got a big crush on one of the bank tellers at this bank that just so happens to be the one that these guys are going to rob. So he goes in to ask for a date. On the way there, they quote the losers do their best, winners go home and fuck the prom queen line from The Rock. Crazy. It's a weird. That is like my least. I wish they cut that. It's just weird. It comes up so weird. And like uh... and they also like say that they're like they got to behave like the bad like the bad boys. Yeah, like, but then he also does that thing where he kind of slightly negs himself so he can justify putting it in that movie where it's like, that's the, I think at one point one of them is like, that's an old movie. Like, who, who mm-hmm. references that movie now? It's so it's yeah. very weird. It's um, although, and also, I will shout out the other officer, Mark Cedric Sanders. I really like his performance and I like that, like, he gets to, like, stick around. This I movie think, is I like that. That's a good character thing that he gets yeah. to stick around, that he's going to stick around for his partner. All the way through, despite the fact that he gets usurped by much more powerful agencies and characters within the kind of like hunt for yeah. our guys. So they that guy kind of like tips everything. All hell breaks loose. Shootouts amongst Jake loses his entire team mm-hmm. to random acts of stupidity. <laughs> like throughout. Like the guy with the sandals who gets run over by his own teammates. I mean, it's so, so funny. So it's stupid. crazy. And Michael, so Bay, he, know if he know he finds that so fucking funny. Oh, yeah. Well, the part where it's like, uh, he's like, you know that Michael Bay was guffawing when the guy pulls out Birkenstock and he's like, what happened to my legs? They're all fucked up or what? Like, you know, yeah. you know he's like hooting and hollering. Like, look at, at this, this. Look at this stupid hippie. You know, <laughs> it's very, it's very Cartman. It's a very Cartman esque. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Bay is a Cartman esque figure. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so they bump into Officer Zach, and um, Will accidentally shoots him. Mm-hmm. They leave him, and he's bleeding out. Which leads us to our third main character. We have met her already. This is um, this is paramedic Camille Cam Thompson, who is um. 
another Michael Bay type trope of the character who is so hardened by their job, they're not going to let anything into their hearts. It's it is. He so... likes that character. He likes that oh, character. He, he loves. Well, and then like, and I think it's like it's so. Um, it's so watching the her first big moment where she's helping that like little girl. Yeah, it's very like uh, that moment. Actually, I felt like very like. You know, harrowing and like, oh, wow, like they're really going all the yeah. way with this. They're not sugarcoating it. And it's such a crazy. Um, like, they, I guess to demonstrate how like nothing will go into her heart, like immediately after that scene, she just flips back to normal and it's like, OK, let's mm-hmm. get tacos. Let's let's go down and get some bite to eat. And she's like drinking a beer at the uh, Grand Central Market. Yeah, like he's probably she's at one of those like fancy, you know, she's probably like, you know, near the peanut butter and jelly mm-hmm. restaurant or whatever. Her, her her rookie partner gets to pepper in a bunch of questions so we can get to know her as a character. Yeah, before he's we probably like. We have to give credit though. Um, Isaac Gonzalez, who plays Cam, is a very um. I hope like she seems like an actor who's just needs that one part. Yeah, like because she's it's like ca- she's got it. She's like a good actor. She's beautiful. Like all these kind of like it's all there. Like she the has the juice. There. It's it's like it's like she almost reminds me. It's like a it's like a Mahershala Ali pre Moonlight or like a David Harbor pre Stranger Things, where it's like yeah, these, just like these they, guys have has, the, the sauce. Yeah, she's got like she's a real star. It's just yeah. she hasn't like the the part hasn't come to it because I remember she really sticks out in Baby Driver, as well. Oh yeah, uh, she's, she's John Ham. She's with John Ham in that, and they've they've they're great together in that. And I read that she did like all this paramedic training. She went out like she. I think she treated this role as that part. Mm-hmm. I think she thought this was going to be that. Um, put her over the top part and everyone who sees this movie though likes her in this movie don't get me oh, wrong oh yeah she's probably the yeah she's probably like either the best or second best like yeah she's great she really um because her character arc is what is the actual like unlike any other many other michael bay movies like there's actually heart and humanity yeah her well, character it, arc. and it's like, her like defrosting her heart and letting it yeah come open like, again yeah her reacting in quote unquote as a normal human being in this situation. Oh like, totally. And like yeah, and because like she like tries to get away a lot of times. Uh, she's try it's yeah. She's not dumb. She's no. never dumb. Like it's you know, hats off. Um so her and her partner are at Grand Central, which is near this bank, downtown Los Angeles. So they're like first on the scene in their ambulance to help out. Mm-hmm. They discover Officer Zach who's been shot on the ground they bring him to their ambulance coincidentally right as danny and will show up at the ambulance they knock out the male rookie driver put cam in the back with officer zach who's bleeding out and they take the ambulance as their getaway car Mm -hmm. and this essentially leads to the rest of the movie (laughs) which the rest of the movie is a non-stop I would call it a thrill ride. Yeah. Of them trying to outrun these cops in this ambulance while they have a hostage and while this cop is dying in the mm-hmm. back of their ambulance. And it's just tear off this. It's fucking terrific. It it's rules. great. It's, it's super great. fun. You're, and you're like, you know, and you, um, they bring in like an, an FBI guy, like the Kiro Donald's character. I like him a lot. He's great. And he like inexplicable. It's a, it's a real fucking stretch that he knows Danny from college. 
yeah, very ability. Like, come on, oh, I don't. Yeah, that that's silly. Uh, but it's like, silly, but he's it? interesting and it's a good performance. I yeah. like him otherwise. Yeah, uh, and then uh, what was it? There's also uh, the god, Garrett, the god, the god Garrett Dillahunt. Oh, he's so awesome. I love, I love when he's like they a have class, a classic Michael Bay character actor. Like yes. the entire thing, he comes on. He's weird. He's got a thing. He yep. gets to roll with it. He gets to hang out with the, the the ultimate um the ultimate uh I think Michael Bay uh uh the ultimate Michael Bay uh compliment is he gets to be the character that hangs out with his dog. Yes, he hangs out with Michael Bay's dog. From what I understand, both um according to press stories and I actually talked to somebody like this week who had some behind the scenes details who knows some people who worked on this movie. <laughs> Apparently they wasted like half a day of shooting this movie, trying to figure out how to get Michael Bay's dog in the Garrett Till Hunt's tiny car. Because <laughs> Michael Bay refused not to give his dog a cameo in this movie. Ah, oh, it's so funny. So Garrett Till Hunt, he shows up. He's LAPD Captain Monroe. Things to know about him. He's got a giant dog, a tiny car, and he's dressed like full head to toe in like <laughs> USC football garb. <laughs> Like, it's insanely <laughs> what an insane character. I love it. I want a I want a little action figure of this guy. Ultra confident, ultra cocky about his like negotiation techniques. He fails almost nonstop. Yeah. In in this. Like he's like John Turturro in uh taking a pelt one, two, three. Just yeah, that level yeah. of failure. Like no like he, everything he tries sucks. And then it ultimately leads so Gyllenhaal, it turns out, has a deal with a um, a gang led by Poppy, who is played by A. Martinez. Do you know who A. Martinez? He's been in a ton of stuff, but you probably know from he's one of the kids in the Cowboys, the John Wayne movie. Wow! Oh, oh my he's goodness! He's like the lead is kid. He... He's like the yeah, lead kid. He's, he's like, like the, the kind of like the rough kid. Yeah, yeah. 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 Man, yeah. that's crazy. Good for him. Like fifty years later, he's Poppy in Ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway, I made it. Um, Jake's got to deal with these guys that he's going to pay them some of the money that they got. Because Poppy and Jake's dad, who's like an all time heist man, mm-hmm. go way back. And like we hear that their their adoptive dad is like this was like this psychotic heist man. Give us an ambulance prequel. I want to see this guy in action. Yeah, I do <laughs> want to see. Yeah, I want the uh, ambulance too. Like the I want Michael Bay to write a a novel. <laughs> Yeah, like he what? too. Yeah, yes. Yeah. He he thinks about it as much as Michael Mann does. Clearly, <laughs> um, he's got this deal. They're gonna pay him off. So they set up this entire trap. The gang, this elaborate trap with multiple ambulances to trick Garrett Dillahunt's team. Ultimately, leading up to them cornering the cops in this corridor and sending this undriven lowrider car with a machine gun. It's like a drone driven. It's so well, it's one of those things too where it's so crazy. You watch it, it's like one of the coolest. That whole sequence is insane and incredible. But then you're also thinking, at what point? Like, it feels like this is like this had to be really expensive. Like, you're (laughs) it's yeah, like how much are you paying these guys to pull this off? But then it's like it's a disaster for Mm. the LAPD. It's a complete disaster. Like, every like they get shot up. Garrett Dillhunt dies, which is crazy. I didn't see it coming at all. Oh, oh, yeah, totally. Because, like, yeah. yeah, you think he has the dog and everything. Yeah, well, I know. And then all... You think he's going to be with him to the end, but kind of Keir O'Donnell's FBI guy kind of replaces him as the main mm-hmm. cop 
It's so funny because even like the assistant to like, or the person that's kind of like helping Garrett Dylan Hunt, Dylan Hunt, uh, helps Kiro Donald towards the end. Yeah. The lady, the one who was like dancing. She's really oh, funny. Her name is Olivia Stambuli, who plays yeah. Lady Danzig or Dazig. Dazig. And her, it's so funny. Her like, it's actually funny because he makes yeah. Garrett Dylan Hunt and her like flirt with each other, which is super funny and like a weird insane choice yeah they're both very odd like their their pattern yeah. is great it's like their pattern works it's the rare it's really moment. like it's really old school kind of like tony scott level character work yeah like this side is character a, work. this is like michael bay this is a very doing tony, tony this scott is a very, yeah. this is a very tony movie which i think is why everybody loves fucking loves this movie <laughs> yeah because it's like a fun time and it has yeah. yeah that tony that tony scott juice so meanwhile um so we learn that you know Danny is going crazier and crazier. By he's, they do this L.A. River chase sequence that apparently Bay thought of over a weekend and just said like let's just add it into the movie. Mm. And um, so basically like they get chased by heli- helicopters into the L.A. River. Jake Gyllenhaal is hanging outside, of, like on one arm, hanging outside of the ambulance with the other arm with a machine gun firing up at the L.A. River. It's like they're going through the water and stuff like that. It's incredible. It's and like... apparently like there were no stunt people. They did like Jake did the hang out of the car himself. Wow. And Yaya Abdul-Mateen was driving. They're actually driving the ambulance as they're. And oh, he got, I love that. He was like texting friends afterwards. He's like, I'm never going to do it. He, like, every other movie is so much safer than this. Like, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine the responsibility. I got to drive while Jake Gyllenhaal's hanging out. Oh, car. God. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. I can see I, that. I can see that being a lot. <laughs> but it's really like, I know it's like not cool in modern day standards, but it is cool. Like, it's old school, man. Well, that's also like, that's going to be a story he tells for the rest of his life, too. That's old school movie making. Not safe. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. And <laughs> they do all this stuff. And then the kid in the back seat, the cop, he starts to flatline and they got to do an emergency surgery on him in a high speed pursuit. These are good ideas, folks. This is movie. This is this is why we go to the movies. It's yeah. This is like, yeah, because like, look, I love my like my Hong Sang Su's as much yeah. as the next guy. But like, what is the purpose of cinema? If not to show insane things that would not work in real life. Yeah. Like, so they're, he, they're live streaming with a bunch of doctors as they're doing a full scale surgery. It's so crazy, crazy ass Jill on Hall's driving the ambulance. <laughs> like two doctors on like face time. Based, one of them's like, golfing. And they're, and they're yeah, one is on the golf course, one of them's her Cam's ex-boyfriend. And they're all screaming at each other, like, if you don't do this, he's gonna die. And the cops are like, Oh, we don't want like we hate these two robbers and we want to kill them. But we need. We kind of hope they save this guy's life. It's great, high drama. Mm. Is that uh, yeah? It's terrific stuff. Oh my god, though, it just gets even crazier because they get away somehow. They do the surgery. They get away. They go to Poppy's place and they're doing the handoff. Everything's going great. Mm-hmm. But then Poppy's like, "Yeah, we're gonna kill the ambulance." Cam and the cop. Yeah, well, it's because Poppy's uh, part of it. It's because Poppy's son passed away. Yes, because he was killed in one of the one of the things, and he yeah. wants understandable, Poppy. I get, I see, I do see where you're coming from, Poppy. We see you and hear you, and Poppy, we see you and hear you. I feel like uh, Jake Sully see you, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Sully sees Poppy, <laughs> sees Poppy. Unfortunately, though, um, 
because we know it. it's an interesting thing when you watch this movie because I really want the Sharp brothers to get away. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting yeah. for them the entire movie, despite what? Danny being a total lunatic. Yeah, just a crazy like he's like definitely if they're like the 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 from dusk till dawn, you know, brothers. He's, he's definitely the he's, Quentin Tarantino. He's Quentin Tarantino, clearly. Um, <laughs> and we we it's clear. Will is a good guy. He's like they have done everything they can. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, like yeah, the, the American flag is at his house. I think there's all sorts of things that show he's a good. He guy. he's a veteran. He's doing this for his wife. He's got a baby. He's mm-hmm. kind, you know. And they they call it right away. Like Cam figures it out. He's like, no, Will's the one to side with. Like Will is the soft character at his group. So Will's like, we can't, we cannot let them. Especially we can't let them kill Cam. Mm. So we get a, a full scale standoff. Jake Gyllenhaal is very upset with Will because he's rightfully like, dude, we're going to get away. Like, we kind of did this. We got away with it. Like, this is like, <laughs> we, could, we could make this. Like, this would, this would be quite a day, but we could probably get make this score. Um, Will's not backing down, but they're brothers. And guess what? Like, the flashbacks of them playing as brothers and stuff like that mm-hmm. as kids totally works for me. Yeah, it was I so buy fun. it. I totally buy it. I had the exact same thought. It reminded me of like, it's like, it's so funny because it made me think of like Pearl Harbor. And it was but like, better. it's so fat. Yeah, better. way better. That's what I was saying. It's like, yeah. it's so funny that it works. And I think part of it is they don't like um, stay. They don't like uh, linger in it too long. They just give you like this, this, like the cl- like little clips of it. And that's all you need. It gives you the they, perfect amount of context. Because they still joke around. Like as adults too, like yes, the warmth. The two actors have great chemistry together. Like yeah, well, you buy it all. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Again, oh, yeah. testament to Jake Gyllenhaal's really strong performance. <laughs> you know, and Mateen doesn't Abdul Mateen doesn't get as much fun stuff to do. He kind of has to play the straight man mm-hmm. in this duo, but he has to do well to give Jake stuff to play off of, as we all mm-hmm. know. And, you know, straight man, wild man <laughs> routines. Um, but anyway, Jake, of course, sides with his brother. There's a big shootout. Poppy and his group somehow inexplicably they are able to get away mm-hmm. from Poppy and his group. But they found a revolt. Like Cam has found a gun on the cop that they, she didn't know was there. It was like underneath of him. Mm-hmm. He, he's woke up now. And he's a little confused about what's been going on. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think at one point he's like, was your hand in my stomach? Yeah, it was. <laughs> got the gun. She's got to point at the door because they're hearing all these gunshots. They're like, somebody's coming for us. Unfortunately, mm. it's Will, who's like the only guy who's been nice to them. She fires. She shoots Will in the chest. It's bad news. Now, yeah, bad news bears. Now she has to like work on Will with the cop in there. Jake's driving the ambulance. The cops are back on them. Kiro Donald's character, Agent Anson Clark, is leading it. He's God bless Garrett Dill Hunt. Uh, Agent Clark is a much better cop. Yeah, <laughs> like, like a little. Well, yeah, what uh, he lacks in like swag. Uh, in <laughs> Dillahunt, you... Yeah, because Dillahunt wins the swag competition for sure. He, he wins the swag competition without a doubt. <laughs> uh, but um, competence, skill, Clark, yeah. Agent Clark is there in that. They've tracked them down. Jake, though, 
Penef realizes that they're in big trouble based even from going back to the poppy thing based on the fact his brother's been shot. So he basically leads them on a chase to a hospital. Mm -hmm. They get there. It's very tense. Very scary. I've seen this movie. This is the second time I've watched this movie. And it really, it's like, it's a, it's a successful movie. Because you don't really know what's going to happen. You kind of, like, we were getting at last week with, um, you kind of know Jake's going down. Right? Yeah. 100%. He's the he's the he's the uh, he's the loose cannon. He's like the. It's just bound yeah. to happen. But you want everyone, you want everyone to make it. Yes, in a weird even, way. Even Danny. even want crazy. Yeah, you even want crazy Danny to make it. Like even though yeah. like it's yeah, which is like it is a testament to Jake Jake Gyllenhaal's performance as an actor that like this character who is a lunatic and a has guy. no like bad guy. Yeah, bad guy and like no justification. Like there's no there's nothing tethering that character to reality. Beyond his brother, mm-hmm. that uh, you, that still, you really still really care yeah. about him. You, yeah, you 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 like him. Exactly, you know, he's bad, but you like him. He's so charismatic, and he's so like fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Really, it is a testament. Good on you, Jake, for putting in a great performance in this movie. It kind of goes how you expect it to, mm-hmm. except it doesn't, Jake. Fires, he's got Cam, he's going to come out and Will gets a gun and essentially executes Danny so Danny isn't like really executed in a way. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think he wants this and I think it saves Cam because if that hail of bullets comes in, she might have gotten caught in gotten crossfire. Gotcha. It's like it's yeah. It's like a it's a it's a solid deterrent, and it and I think like yeah, and I think it was like yeah, it's a classic thing we've seen in movies in the past where like you shoot the person to like kind of save their life in a weird way, except it doesn't turn out. But it's like it's so like so he hits the ground and like shows us how like trained we are to be not like pro cop Mm -hmm. by any like be pretty anti-cop at this point as like liberal viewers of these things like <laughs> despite the fact that they like killed cops all day long mm. you're the second they put cuffs on will and he's as he's bleeding out on the ground okay fuck you get him to a hospital <laughs> like you know yes. like, and i'm like at the same time you're thinking from the cops perspective it's like yeah let this guy die he's bad yeah but like as an audience we're like we've been with these two these are the two we like. Yes. Like at the very least, like, yeah, these are the these are the pro tags. And of course, Cam, because she's the heart of the movie, it's like, fuck you. And she gets up and it's really like it's like it's emotional. Like she's carrying him in mm-hmm. the hospital. As Danny has died on the ground first. And yeah. obviously, I mean, you're a writer. Chris uh, Chris Fidak, who wrote this, he knows the rules. Danny's not going to get carried in the hospital. Will's definitely going to carry. Yeah, hospital. Will's the. Yeah, this isn't that type of movie. You know, there's a movie. Yeah, there's a different type of movie. There's a different world where it's Danny, and that's like that'd be yeah. interesting. But like that's that not what we. Too, but yeah. it's not that kind of movie. Yeah, we're um, not here to see that. They slip cash to Dan- to Will's wife, who has shown up on the scene, so she can get her surgery. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> yes and Will survives and it's even like 
it makes no sense, but I like it that they go to Officer Zach and they're like, which one of them shot you? We know Will shot him. Mm-hmm. But it's like the emotions of he points to Will and he goes, that man saved my life. And you're like, he's a hero. He's a bank robber, yep. but he's a hero. He's, he's a good great. guy. He's a hero. And then, and then even then the wife is kind of like, uh, uh, I think she gets like, like they kind of have like, a, they're coming to terms with what's happening. Yeah. And everyone gets an ending. And then the big emotional ending. It's very Michael Mann, if you ask me. Paramedic Cam goes to find the little girl she saved at the beginning of the movie to make sure she's okay. She's whole again. Yeah. She's got heart and soul. And then you get the very Michael Mann shot of her going back to work. Yep. Just another day in the office. (laughs) It's a living office. It's a living baby. (laughs) Yeah. Thumbs up. It's great. They cut to the wide shots of LA directed by Michael Bay. And you're like, man, good job, man. That movie Mm -hmm. kicked ass. I loved it. Everyone else kind of liked this movie too. Yeah, it it was a surprise um, critical darling. Um, yeah, and I think everyone who saw the previews too, everyone's like, "Oh, this is like, this is going back to the Rock. This is going back to the original Bad Boys." We're like, "This is a old school action movie mm. of like a high caliber, sixty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, his highest rated film he's ever made." at top speed and sirens wailing ambulance comes riding to the rescue for audiences facing an emergency shortage of michael bay action thrills (laughs) (laughs) i know that it did feel like that in this moment it felt like we needed like we were getting so many kids movies and franchises we needed a we needed a shot in the arm from michael bay i saw i saw in the theater i think you saw in the theater Mm mm-hmm um, I had just recovered from COVID and this was like, I was like, part of the big COVID recovery was like, am I going to be healthy enough to make it to ambulance in time <laughs> to see in the theater? I did. So I was former guest, Graham. Hi. We had a great time. We high-fived afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, and it was, I think, uh, um, I think the movie's a little long. And that's my only real complaint with it. I think it yeah. probably a bit shorter. Yeah, but... you could you could uh, there's like a version of this movie that's like under two hours for sure. That'd probably run a little smoother. But I remember I saw it in theaters as well. I saw it with um uh, I don't think he's ever been on the pod, but journalist John Peltz, uh we saw this movie together and it was just a very solid dudes rock, like very just like Meat and potato cinema. It's like a thing mm-hmm. we, that's missing from. Uh, it feels like it's uh, been missing from the cinematic landscape for a while. And I hope that uh, even though this movie wasn't the most successful uh, iteration of this genre, uh, in term financially, uh, critically, yeah. No. Uh, but I hope I hope we get we need more of this. I think it's certainly since it's become on readily available on streaming services and VOD, everyone who's watched it likes this movie. Everyone puts it right there among at least Michael Bay's best, if not one of that they found one of the funner movies of the last couple of years. You say it's a $40 million budget. It made 52.3 worldwide at the box office, which is not great. And I have mm-hmm. to say, I was surprised in the same vein. I was surprised by 13 hours not being successful because you, know, you see the preview ambulance. You're like, Oh, that's so exciting. And I think this is kind of, um, as we kind of get 
to a close here. This is an aging genre. Yep. I don't, I'm not a Zoomer. Not on TikTok or whatever. I don't know any, I don't, you know, and it kind of makes you realize like, oh, like when you're old enough to see times change. Yeah. At the beginning of this, when we talked about Bad Boys, when we talked about The Rock in the Simpson Brockheimer thing, I talked about like, I saw these movies as a kid with like my dad and they were the biggest deal. In middle mm -hmm. school and in high school, everybody, there's a danger. There was a threat to them. And it was an excitement. Kind of these R-rated, blustery, un-PC action movies. Right. The sophistication of the audience, along with kind of, I think, from what I understand, the Zoomers more, um, I'm looking for the right word here, um, conscientious. Yeah. yeah. Kind of state of the world. And how they view the state of, like, I don't think they're, they don't seem to be able to walk into a film and um, let go of their personal beliefs hmm. as easily as previous generations have. And I don't, and I'm not saying that as a positive or a negative. It just seems hmm. to be like an observation. Well, like it's, it's just like, yeah, it's changing more yeah, social mores and the, yeah, the yeah. Well, yeah, it's just uh, yeah. And I think, um, and I'm not saying that at all as like an old guy saying, you know, stop doing were, that. Things yeah. are better than before, and kids your age not doing any of that. You know, yeah. I think it's 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 actually you know, despite the fact that I'm kind of able to do that and I like these movies, it is probably a societal advancement. Yeah, overall. I think that's like a good thing. I think like yeah, if and if anything, if I'm gonna do the old man yelling at a clouded zoomers, if anything, I'm doing that for. Um, I feel like people nowadays, like I think zoomers just don't have the, uh, or and and everyone. I think even I'm a part of this too a little bit, like because I think we've all been kind of brain poisoned by the steady drip of content that the internet yeah. has become, where you're constantly looking for little highs, little highs, little highs, and I think like people. It's like, I don't know, like I saw the um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie or whatever, maybe like two or three weeks ago. And it was crazy, like how many times I saw like phones, like people were just yeah. on their phone. And, and even like Oppenheimer, I saw Oppenheimer twice. I saw it once when it was released and I saw it at the Chinese theater again when my family was in town. And even then I saw dudes with their phones out. And it was, yeah. It's odd because I, I think that that's something that's, really like the best part about movies and it doesn't have to be something as like it can be a sophisticated modern thing with modern tone and beliefs but the nice thing about going to the movies is letting go yeah like i find it to be very meditative regardless mm -hmm. of the movie that you can just say to yourself like i'm off the grid for this period of time and i like it I like being yeah. off the grid. I think like it's people are so not used to like um that's just like a lost uh feeling. I think like mm -hmm. kids it'll be interesting to see. There's a part of me that makes me that wonders like if that will um have like a uh a renaissance at a certain point if being off the grid will become a thing that's in vogue it once might this be. current generation. It might be, but it's impossible to promote that online. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the situation. It's a paradox. It's a, it's a paradox. Yeah, I think, that, well, I think that there could be, there could be. I think that, I think the the kids are 
this seems to be the smartest group of kids ever. Yeah, that's right true. Now. There's that is the great thing is like yeah, Self we know yeah kids ever, and I think that they can pick up if they can pick up on other things being poisonous. They could pick mm-hmm. up on the fact that this at the levels that it's into you take it in can be poisonous yeah and, and and we're lucky too that like yeah i feel like our poison was like i don't know lead paint or something or like it's no, I mean, it was like you know then there's always like a i mean yeah there's always there's always like a yeah, malady well, of the most so, so. and so it's a great lead into next week's episode of fight club because a lot of the stuff that they're talking about in fight club is being kind of the poison to gen x mm. isn't seem isn't deemed as being poisonous as it is other things today so yeah, and it, we'll and see it, we'll kind of get into that when we get into that mm-hmm. um but you know with michael bay so this movie doesn't do well it's mm-hmm. themed for an older audience yeah the action genre the kind of mindless without something to say necessarily yeah isn't as popular as it once was it's a niche it becomes it, a niche it becomes a niche it isn't like you know, you can't throw a speed or the rock out there. Yeah, it's it becomes good. a little like less for everybody. More, you know, it, people have declared a dad movie or whatever. Yeah, you know? it's so fascinating. That's like our. It's kind of like um, we're going through like what the western went through. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of and it's so fascinating because like I never thought the action because I felt like the action genre is I so thought, broad. I know, I know. Yeah, I thought you know, you know, it's like. This is why I was surprised this didn't. I thought this was p- something people have been waiting for, mm-hmm. and it turns out not as much. And well, we've been trained to watch these type of things on our TV. Yeah, yeah. And so it's. I don't know what Michael Bay does. Yeah. From here, I don't He's a know. Man, man without a country. You know, and this happens. I mean, like. You in for filmmakers like I was thinking about this kind of like the seventies filmmakers how a lot of them didn't make it career wise things mm-hmm. stalled out things got tougher outside of two Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg and st- st- they're the best mm-hmm. arguably out of this group but I think they they evolved with the times as much as they could as they progressed in their careers. I think, but I, I also think Steven Spielberg never in a million years thought the Fablemans would be a box office flop or West Side Story would be a box office flop. Yeah. West Side Story. Cause I feel like West Side Story, I think that felt like a gimme. Yeah. And hundred percent. It wasn't. No. And I, and I think it's cause you know, I, and this could be the broader thing of that we are at the end time end times of movies being um outside of these gigantic I mean, I think the Barbenheimer thing, is it start of something good and new or is it a fluke? Is mm. it the final the final the cur- gasp? The curtain call, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or is it the start of something new that saying audiences still want this kind of thing? I don't know. Yeah, I don't like, know. I hope so. Yeah. I genuinely hope as an optimist that is in that direction. But it feels like um it just isn't it's never gonna be like um week in, week out the cultural thing in the United States that it once was. 
Yeah, I feel like the bifurcation of uh, culture has made it increasingly difficult as we all uh, have our own feeds that we follow and as we all, like, you know, Mm -hmm. live in increasingly um, unique... And and have so many options. It's crazy. To spend your time. Like, you know, when I was in high school, we did not have that. You know, the internet was just kind of bubbling up. There was no social media yet. Mm -hmm. And so in the summers, on Fridays, we didn't really have much more to do if there wasn't a party or something, then what's out? Yeah. Go see it. It didn't matter. It didn't really matter. We just tried to find the best of what was out. Or if we didn't like any, we'd go see something again. Yeah, even like I had that. Like I remember being a kid and like, uh, or like you know, being in high school or whatever, and like hanging out with my friends and like looking at what movies were out and being like, yeah. "Hey, want to see Troy?" Like we all yeah. like I I have memories of seeing Troy with like all my friends. It's such a weird movie to like. Oh yeah, with a group of people, it was just like, yeah. Was, I saw a tra- I saw traffic. With like eight dudes, and that yeah, and that seems like something that like just doesn't happen anymore. No, I I mean who knows? I hope though. Yeah, if, I hope so too. If well, you're then... a li- if you're a listener of that age, uh, drop us an email or check Please? in with us at yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Are, are, are the kids uh, excited to see Barton Fink still? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like if there's a new Coen Brothers movie, and you kind of want to be on the intellig- intelligentsia of your high school. Ooh. Is that something you like? Rush out to go do, yeah. To talk about all, a bunch. Or is it all just freaking Fortnite now? Is it all just uh, yeah? It's like I don't you know. Notice... And I'm not casting a judgment in a positive no. or negative way. I'm just I'm legitimately curious. I'll, I'll give you a sobering uh, data point. You want to know the most uh, profitable piece of art ever? What's that? Grand Theft Auto Five. It's the most. It's made billions. It's it's like the, only like the Bible and the Quran have like sold more copies than. My goodness. So like that's like it's that's like it or has made more of a profit than Grant. And it's it's something I've never played. And it's like that's yeah, the it's, most. It, and it, I mean, like that's culture now. Yeah. But wait, I think that. But I also think people are totally desperate for a uniting cultural thing. Witness Taylor Swift. Yeah. Oh like, God. Because and people. Like, People die, and they die, and they will tell you if you are not like a hundred percent cultishly on board how wrong you are. Like it, 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 it is like yeah, religion is culture. It is like that, like no. the fervor because you watch those and people do freak out like they're at like a, a, an old school Pentecostal church like dancing yeah. with snakes. It is like crazy. and they are desperate. They are desperate for that, and I think Barbenheimer is a part of that because it like built and built and built. To the point where, like, there were kid kids dressed like Oppenheimer at the screening I was at. Crazy. That's and cr- I, I don't think if you cr- you get a couple of glasses of wine into Christopher Nolan, he'd tell you that was crazy too. Yeah, and it's not like a bad. And I don't like um. And I, I don't totally like buy. Him. I totally buy dressing up with your friends and like pink yeah, that's fun. Barbie. I yeah. think that that makes sense. I think movie wise that matches up. You know, well, Oppenheimer's a little weird, though. That's Oppenheimer's a, that is a little weird. Like, it's a <laughs> yeah. little weird. It's not like um an upbeat movie. At yeah, all. it's it's not. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't. Yeah, it's funny. No. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we are just hungry. Hopefully, that's a sign of good things. I want yeah, there to be. I hope so too. I hope. Yep. I hope Michael Bay. 
I'm he will get another swing at the plate. It's not over for him, but it might be over for him as the as a cultural touchstone mm -hmm. type person. Because he's tried the straightforward action movie in Ambulance. He tried the Fast and the Furious franchisee kind of thing in Six Underground. He dug the transform he buried the Transformers franchise with too many of them. Mm -hmm. He tried the political thing in 13 hours and he tried the rip from the headlines, Scorsese, McKay-esque drama in Pain and Gain. Mm -hmm. They have not all they have not none of them at this point have been successful enough. So I don't know what he does next. Maybe a horror yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'd be, be down with that. Yeah, me too. So before we say goodbye to Michael Bay, we're going to run down very quickly here. And I have not even done this yet. This is going to be off the top of the head. Yeah, I have a, a basic uh, list. I think of all of his uh, movies. Uh, Bay rankings. Mm. Uh, obviously, we did not watch. Morally, we couldn't watch the other yeah. four Transformers movies. We have lives. We like we I'd can't be, I, like. I, uh... I would be sleeping on Patrick's couch. My wife would have thrown my ass out on the curb if I sat through four Transformers. <laughs> yeah, that's some that's some King of Queens Michigan. Yeah. That would not have been good. Honey, we're watching the Transformers. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> laugh track, laugh track, laugh track, laugh track, laugh track. So let's um, you know, let's uh, do you want to go? first sure let's see how many i'm gonna see how many one two and then i'm gonna count i'm gonna let's count all the transformers as one movie we'll yeah. just say that yeah uh one two three four five eleven six seven yep yep 11 100 yes 11 so, uh, films 11 film countdown let's start with number 11 uh, 11 i almost want to do like my the three worst ones as a tie uh um i think our three well, it's gonna be it's all i think they're the three same and yeah tear this band-aid right now it's in so in some order choose your own adventure transformers pearl harbor and six underground exactly they all suck in unique ways they all like uh pearl harbor's like a, a stodgy boar uh transformers or pearl harbor yeah pearl harbor stodgy boar transformers complete like cgi misogos and then six underground just uh very queasy yeah and unmemorable yeah, very yeah. unmemorable. Like it, which and there's like moments that I. Oh, the other thing too, I forgot to say, it's way too fucking dorky for Michael Bay. Yeah, what's a dork in it? Come he's on. not like an he's not an Elon Musk guy. Don't yeah, yeah, on, don't, don't do don't, that, Michael. Yeah. Bay. You don't have to LARP for that. You're, that's why we like you. You're not that type of guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I get, I get. You're trying to be with the kids. It's a very much a hello, fellow kids moment in the worst way. Yeah, it's 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 um, it feels very desperate. Mm -hmm. the entire thing um i'll go next my next one up is um at the bottom of the barrel mm -hmm. bad boys 2 oh interesting um well the bombast it is his most bombastic and insane movie i mm -hmm. think it's it's kind of gross it's evil it's an evil yeah. movie i do agree that like it's just like there's something um, anti-people about that. Like, it just, like, it just, it really, it is every, really every, just... Everything is mean-spirited. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just... Uh, it's not fun. It's not a uh, fun movie. The, the action is thrilling, but at what cost? Yeah. I'm with you there, for what sure. Uh, 
I have a, and maybe this is way too low, because uh, I like the point you made, but oh, well, I did it. The, it is uh, the way it is. I put the island here. Yeah. I just, it's just the island. Just I can barely remember anything about it. I, it, I got the uh, the islands up next for me. And yeah, it's, anyway. it's just whatever. It's just it's fine. and bad boys two is next for me. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, is, this is the next tier. I, this is fairly obvious. Most of this, I think. I think yeah. I have a feeling like uh, pretty close and very. It'll be variations on a theme here, but yeah, yeah I, like the island. Well, I was watching it. I was like, this is way better than I expected it to be, but it has gone in one air out the other. So fast, care. yeah. It's like in the yeah. in the moment it was okay, but like it's just um, yeah, just nothing, no spice. Yeah, the Bad Boys Two Island Transformers episode is really a. If you're a longtime listener and follower of the show, kind of wanted to pinpoint as like maybe the breaking point to turn to do things slightly differently on the show and not yeah. pun not punish ourselves. Oh God, yeah, at it that is kind level of level ever again. Yeah, because I feel like sometimes this show can be like the Doughboys or something where we're like, it's like, I oh, we're... It, it, that episode did feel like we crushed like five items from sh uh, like, um, like five guys. Like we had like, like, yeah, like five large French fries from five. And it's just like, what are we doing? This is hurting yeah. me. <laughs> this doesn't feel healthy or safe. And I have a life. We have lives. We have dreams. Yeah, you, we have you dreams. Have a kid. You have a kid. <laughs> yeah. You got a damn kid. I have to live for my child. <laughs> I have to live for my uh, uh, Xbox. <laughs> I know. It was like, I was so lucky to like, I, you know, I was ill. I was quarantined and sick the week leading up to that episode so i was able to like sit in this office by myself with nothing to do <laughs> so i was able to squeeze those movies in in that regard if i had had to do it when i was like just walking around our house and have jen sit through which i think i don't think she would be happy no um so one movie a week here on out unless we have us otherwise um, and i think that's like i think it's gonna be better for everyone too because like it's it's a lot to expect from an audience Per, like someone listening if they want to watch along yeah. like it's hard to in your life i imagine fellow listener to like watch three two it's, and a half hour movies yeah if they're trying to watch along with us good luck anyway i think it gets a little more difficult from here because i actually think the movies get drastically better mm -hmm. from this point onward and that isn't to say that they are like quote-unquote good but we're looking at it from a strictly within the confines of michael bay yeah this is like where the the quality starts to increase, definitely, and or maybe, even like... like making a movie rewatchable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Rewatchability um, factor. I, I will watch Bad Boys Two again in my life, though I'm sure. But oh, anyway. same here. It's like Hannibal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a few years, I'll have forgotten. Um, boy. Um, I don't know. What do you, What do you think's next? <laughs> I, you know, I put a uh, the next two. I put thirteen hours and Bad Boys. I think that they, yeah, I think that this is kind of will be a little more vague. We're doing Michael Bay here. We don't need to be too specific. He's yeah, we're not like we didn't so. think these out too much. Like, yeah, I, like, I, didn't, I, I we're living yeah. in Michael Bay's zone. We didn't think yeah. he doesn't. He didn't think about it. We didn't, we're not gonna think about it. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think like and I like Bad Boys one a lot. Like I remember like the cinematography I, and that's pretty good. I like Bad Boys and I, and I I know it sounds strange to say I like Thirteen Hours. Like yeah, I think Thirteen Hours is a good movie like, too. I think that there's. Both of them, I think, though, have that kind of willy-nilly, didn't think yeah. this through factor to them. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, 
you know, 13 hours is very, very effective war film if you don't think too hard about what war it is and that they were real people. Yeah, it's very like, uh, yeah, it's very, um, it really just, like turn your brain off on something you probably should not be turning your brain off on. Yeah, he, I feel like Michael Bay truly is like, you know, Harmony Corinne talks about how like the future of movies is video games. I think like Michael Bay beat him to the, the yeah. I feel like there's, mm-hmm. there's a bit of video game, like it just in the sense of like, it's like going, I feel like so many of his movies are going through the motions of cool things and not yeah. like dealing with the ramifications of said cool things. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And it's, if you are a more moralistic movie watcher who can't really take that off. Yeah. Um, not, yeah, not even. These are not your movies, man. Like, yeah. like, it's just like, yeah, I get it. Like some people, you know, it's like, uh, it's like cilantro. If for some, you know, some people just don't like that. They, they taste, they could taste soapy or whatever. And, and it's they, just, they, it sinks through and destroys your burrito. Yeah. Um, <laughs> spiritual cilantro. Spiritual cilantro. And I think like, this is what critics in the nineties were kind of like, they came off as moral scolds mm. to our inner unsophisticated times. But now that everyone's kind of caught up with that, um, yeah. it's not as easy for the mass audience that fell for it before is no longer as mass as it once was. Yep. And Where are the skulls now? Skulls the, now. And Bad Boys 1 has got like a real joie de vivre to it that can't be denied. Yeah, it's a young, you know, it's a young, it's a, young person, young you know, if you're a teenager who's a little willing to let some dated things go, you'll have a great time. I, My friends and I saw Bad Boys at a birthday party when it came out. When we were too young to see it, we had a mom buy us all our tickets. Ooh. Guess what? We had the time of our fucking lives. That <laughs> it's great. That's, it was, yeah. it was awesome. That slaps. Yeah. Well, that that ending sequence is so great. Like that. It's oh, it, punch. It, it, when they're driving the Porsches and they're like, fly, like, it, oh, it's great. That airport tarmac thing. It rules. It's great. And it's, it's incredible. Terrific. It's his first movie. That's incredible. It's a fun for, time. It's yeah. a great. It's it's a very exciting film. Very yeah. enjoyable movie. Um. Yeah, I think next is Armageddon, right? I think so too. And I think got to give credit to Armageddon for being way better. Mm-hmm. Than I thought, like it was when I was a kid. Like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I used to love Armageddon as a kid, and then, yeah, it's like uh, I was. It, uh, yeah, it's dumb though. It's a dumb it's movie. Dumb as a box of rocks, but it's a good time. It's like a rousing good time. Yes, like very, very. Oh, speaking of Armageddon, real quick, going back to ambulance. Some pitch that Patrick and I had. The one thing ambulance is missing is the mayor of Los Angeles yes. monitoring the entire thing. And our pitch is Mr. Bruce Willis. Yes. Now, if he if his health had been there, this would have been right up Bruce's alley to play the mayor. Uh, play would have been a swaggering Bruce Willis mayor. Uh, yeah. Incredible. Got to get to my golf game. I'm yeah. eating. I'm meeting Phil Jackson for dinner at the Ivy. You know, something yeah. like that. Ooh, have a Phil Jackson cameo too. He becomes part of yeah. it for some reason. We're, we needed a celebrity in ambulance yes. too to monitor yes. the. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> long, that would have made ambulance so much longer though too. Which yeah, ambulance is one drawback. If ambulance had been 95 minutes, it would have been a perfect movie. Oh, ten out of ten. If they could yeah. just like ten yeah, ten. yeah. Uh, Number three, another movie that kind of suffers from maybe a little from being too low, Pain and Gain. Pain and Gain suffers from... Pain and Gain is like maybe Michael... Outside of maybe The Rock, Michael, the best idea. 
for a movie. Yes. Yeah, and it and it has I think it has the maybe with the exception of the rock and some of the performances in ambulance, it has like the, the trio leads are so good. Yeah. Yeah, the the performances in uh painting in are great. Um yeah. the only issue, you know, it's based on a true story. And it's it's queasy. It's que- people died. Yeah. And they're it's, just it's, kind it's, of it's, like it's gross. It's gross. He's not again not thinking deep enough. No. To like again like if Scorsese, Spike Lee, even Adam McKay had directed this movie. Would have been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, I was gonna say oh, like, it might be biggest wasted opportunity because, <laughs> like, yeah, just any other director with just a, a modicum of tact. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, man, a modicum yeah. of tact. It's too bad. It's still worth watching though. Yeah. Uh, one, two. Um, yeah, they're like I think the clear two best movies he has made. Yeah. This is the Rocket Ambulance. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. They're both excellent. They're both a great fucking time. They're both yeah. action, action-packed, action thrilling the, movies, great performances. They both have heart. They both have heart. Yeah, which is like, uh, it's kind of surprising how rare that is in a Bay film. And I guess that's why they're our winners. They're the yeah. only two, they're actually the only two that have heart. Yeah, like, with the exception of like Armageddon. Maybe Gar- Armageddon maybe has Armageddon. Like stupid, yeah, that Armageddon's stupid heart. Is so manipulative though, and so insane. But regardless... Some variation of the Rock and Ambulance, depending on the day of the week and which one you've mo- watched more recently. Probably, that's mm-hmm. your favorite one. It's For probably sure. it's probably the Rock, though, right? I'd say the Rock is like overall the best one, just because like yeah. it's it it just hits all the. It's like the per- it's the perfect '90s action movie. Yeah, it's, it, really, it sums up a genre. It's so good. Yeah, the the three leads are like absolutely dynamite and so yeah. much fun. Like the who no one in the your right mind would ever thought to put Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage together and their chemistry is like bonkers through the roof. Comedy gold. It's I'm, incredible. And the, and the jokes are actually funny. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's yeah, everything works. Ed Harris is a great heavy. Ed like, Harris is awesome. Everybody else in it from David Morse to um, John Spencer to ooh. um, who's that one guy uh, who was in true romance. Oh, um, it's really good. He had like a bit part in True Romance. I'm gonna look. Him oh, up. Greg Gregory Spurleader. Yeah, Gregory he's Spurleader, Tony Todd, Mike William Forsyth, Michael Bean. Like perfect. Yeah, what a yeah, great crew. Some of, the, some of the greatest guys. You know, it's a dynamite film. I want to rewatch it right now. Maybe I think. I it's one Jen actually likes. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do that after we get done taping the nice, show. A nice Sunday. A nice Sunday film. Nice Sunday film. But that is the Michael Bay story. We don't know what he does next. He's hanging out somewhere right now with another bull mastiff dog. Yeah. In Miami. Tinkering with something. We know yeah. he's up to something. We know Michael Bay's never given up. I hope it's something like Ambulance. I hope he just tries another movie of that vein. Yeah. Do that. Do like a do a gritty reboot of Turner and Hooch. You know, use yeah. that dog, man. Yeah, use that dog. I he's imperfect, but he's our imperfect man on yeah. the Academy Academy. And yeah. he sums up a lot of what we've been trying to do in this series is like the way tides have turned since he emerged in commercial filmmaking. 
He's a fascinating and bellwether. Fascinating bellwether. Same goes with um, someone who emerged from the same kind of vicinity, but is a vastly different guy, David mm. Fincher. The Finch Man. Next week on the show, You Want It Darker, the David Fincher story returns with 1999's if some of these movies have been forgotten to time, I don't believe this one has. 1999 Fight Club. Still a um, hot button film. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, it is day. like yeah, it is like interesting. I think it's like finally gotten over the stigma of being like, you know, the the movie post-college movie poster movie. You know what I mean? I think so too. But I think it's found a new stigma in kind of the um, right-wing incel Mm. kind of side. It's like kind of like how like the Matrix, the red pill, like that sort of like the, it's been co-opted by evil forces. College dorms have been replaced by dark corners of the internet. Yeah. Um, Slinkers on 4chan. And, I, my argument ahead of time is that neither group has ever understood this movie nope. properly. Yeah, like my, like the Matrix, like a lot of people. It's uh, <laughs> like the Matrix. Yes, I people think that, uh, have uh, very different uh, interpretations of what this film is, which is both the thing with thing movie should do, but also can lead to some dangerous um, opinions. Yeah, unfortunately, and also moral scoldery. also in some ways just as annoying fight club is available to rent it's on disc it's out there shouldn't be that hard for y'all to find the week after that we return to another director of our times the equalizer the Antoine story and we're going to be watching speaking of mr bruce willis a film called tears of the sun from 2003 Mm. which is a another war film Another war film for us. Um, I've never seen Tears of the Sun. I, I am so excited because uh, I think I texted Don this. It's the movie. James Cameron watched this movie and was like, I want this guy to be my DP. Mauro yeah. Fiore. So there's a lot to break down with this movie. This movie's currently on Max. It's mm-hmm. also available on rental on a disc. And here is a question that I pose to you, Patrick. I pose to the audience. We've got a week and a half or so to decide. There was a DVD-only 20-minute-longer director's cut of Tears of the Sun that is no longer available. Like, the newer editions, they've dropped the director's cut as just the theatrical version. Do we, as the Academy Academy, try and track down on eBay a copy of this director's cut to watch? Or we just let it slide and turn to our max subscriptions and watch Tears of the Sun? I, mean, I don't know. Kind of- you're phrasing it kind of like a challenge. It is a challenge. It is, in a sense. Um, check in with us at the Academy Academy Podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at the Academy. Let us know what you would prefer to hear us hear about. Mm-hmm. Patrick and I will discuss it. Next week's episode, at the end of the Fight Club episode, we will announce which version we've decided to go with. Ooh. Who's to say? We don't know. We've got like a week to figure it out. But, uh, you know, I doubt it's going to be any better. I yeah. doubt it's going to make any level of a difference at all. But, you know, we're completists, though. We have to. <laughs> well, the Academy Academy are completists. So we shall see. But next week is Fight Club. Next week will be a good 
I imagine quite quite a philosophical discussion on mm-hmm. all things David Fincher and Fight Club in the year 1999. Uh, but until then, for Patrick, I'm done. We'll see you next week on the Academy Academy. Hey, and uh, just remember, um, look, if you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything uh, you ever wanted in, in one moment, uh, just think about, like, would you capture it or would you just let it slip? You know, oh. I just want to leave something I thought up of right now. Something just off the top of your head. It's like, it's very poignant. I'm glad you glad you included that. And I'm glad yeah, it's I, completely original. Yeah, but, I made that up. I that hate was... that. I hate that. I hate that. So in, in Six Underground, Ryan Reynolds does that entire Eminem riff. Just for it those sucks. who are. Nobody's going to watch Six Underground. It Nobody. sucks. Nobody, after they heard us talk about it, they're going to like that's a, That was painful. Uh, yeah. Mom's Lame. spaghetti. Music is a lot like love. It's all a feeling and it fills the room from the floor to the ceiling. I see miracles all around me. Stop and look around. It's all astounding. Water, fire, air and dirt. Fucking magnets. How do they work? And I don't want to talk to a scientist. Y'all motherfuckers lying and getting me pissed. Solar eclipse and vicious weather. 15,000 juggalos together. And I love my mom for giving me this time on this planet. Take nothing for granted. I seen a caterpillar turn into a butterfly. Miracles ain't nothing to lie.